B8 Marlborough Street near Netherfield. Thames Valley Police say the girl was pronounced dead at the scene after being in collision with a black VW Golf. The car driver, a man in his 30s, was not injured. Officers are appealing for witnesses. And firefighters had to cut four people free after a two-car collision in Milton Keynes later in the evening. The incident happened just before 8 o'clock on the H3 Monks Way at the junction with Mercer's Drive at Helens. Police are stepping up patrols in the Castlefield area of High Wycombe following a spate of car fires. Arsonists are thought to have struck four times in the early hours of yesterday with eight vehicles set alight in a car park off Abercrombie Avenue. Councils in England made more than £600 million in profit from parking charges last year. The figures have been compiled by the RAC Foundation. The local government association has called the report misleading and insists any surplus that councils make from parking is spent on essential transport projects. But Philip Gom from the RAC disagrees. Drivers across the country will want to know that charges are set reasonably, legitimately in the first place to manage traffic, which is essentially the only reason charges can be set, and they're not there as revenue raisers to fill those black holes, those financial black holes that councils are being faced with. Three men and two teenagers said to be part of a gang of phone scammers targeting elderly people in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire have appeared in court. The five, who all come from the King's Cross area of London, were arrested on Tuesday. Hatfield Remand Court was told 19 cases, totalling £100,000, were involved. Ed Sheeran has been named British Artist of the Year at the first British uh, first BBC Music Awards. The two other main awards went to Pharrell Williams. He was named Best International Artist and won Song of the Year for Happy. In sport, Tottenham and Everton both lost their Europa League matches last night, but both were already through to the knockout stages. And the weather, a cloudy, wet and windy start, but becoming drier and brighter during the morning with some sunny spells, winds easing, a maximum temperature 8 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. We wish you a reggae Christmas. 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 We wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. We wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. We wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. We wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. And I don't like it very much. Oh no, oh no He swallowed my toe, he swallowed my toe Oh gee, oh gee He's up to my knee, he's up to my knee Oh fiddle, oh fiddle He's reached my middle, he's reached my middle Oh heck, oh heck He's up to my neck, he's up to my neck Oh dread, oh dread He swallowed my... (laughs) Morning, folks Everybody! We wish you a reggae Christmas. We wish you a reggae Christmas. We wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. 
is it's not my favourite Beatles song. That's a song about Paul McCartney's um, old English sheepdog. Uh, but that is the best Beatles song. Period. Period is American for for full stop, Kelly. Good. Okay. The best Beatles song. You'd agree, Catherine? I like I'm looking through you. Oh, yes, I love that one. Okay. Okay, as I said, this isn't about your favourite Beatles song. It's about the best. My favourite Beatles song is Martha, My Dear from the the White Album. Mm. Have you seen this guy? There's an artist, right? I think he's a Japanese fella, probably. Uh, And he goes towards around the one, he sets up a record shop, a full-on record shop with racks and windows, shop display and everything, and all it's got in there is the White Album. Have you seen it? It was in Liverpool recently. It's brilliant. And yeah. they don't sell the White Album. You go in and you give them your copy of the White Album. Oh. He's got like 15,000 <laughs> copies of the White Album. It's amazing. So, what's the point? Art, mate. There's no uh, point to uh, art. art. Oh, sorry. There's no point to art. Like, there's no point you know, to this show, but it's art. It's a bit of fun. It's a little bit, it's for a cheeky, bit of fun. Cheeky bants. Um, but yes, the, the best Beatles song is Tell Me Why. What if you go in with Rubber Soul? Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. Now, a Luton woman has been jailed for five years for inciting terrorism on Facebook. Runa Khan admitted posting a picture of a suicide vest, along with an article on raising children to become fighters. She's also messaged details of a route into the country... Um, Syria. Into Syria, thank you, uh, to someone who turned out to be an undercover policeman. Well, Catherine, as you've just heard, has got more details on this. Give us the background to this. Well, yesterday's appearance was to decide the sentencing for Runa Khan, but during an earlier hearing, all this detail came out. Kingston Crown Court heard that um, she'd posted a picture of a suicide vest on her Facebook timeline in July last year, carrying the slogan, Sacrifice Your Life to Be in Islam. Then in September, she wrote, Sisters, if you love your sons, husbands and brothers, prove it by sending them to fight for Allah. She also posted an article for mothers interested in raising Mujahid's children, which said that uh, basic military training is a must. Uh, And what happened in court yesterday? Well, at the sentencing hearing, it was revealed that when police raided Khan's home in October 2013, they found on her phone a photo of her two-year-old son wearing a desert-style turban and holding a toy assault rice rifle. There okay. are also pictures of her nine-year-old. That's not necessarily illegal, is it? No. Nine-year-old and teenage son, she's got six children, yep. uh, holding a sword and Khan herself holding the toy gun. Uh, they also found photos of small children in Syria holding guns and in one case a hand grenade. I'm sure there are lots of parents that would have pictures of their kids holding guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the judge, what did uh, Peter Burt's QC have to say about it? He said it? the only fair interpretation of such photos was that Khan intended to radicalise others. Oh, OK. As for the Facebook post about raising Mujahid children, Mr Burt said it amounts to a manual encouraging women to carry out jihad and he sentenced Runa Khan to five years and three months in prison. I'm, I'm curious about these toy guns and saw. I, I know there was a lot more to it than just that. But and not having seen the photographs, you no. don't know... But my boy stabbed me with a toy sword the, the other day that he got at a birthday party. We've got a sword too. Yeah, we don't have guns, but it's not uncommon for other families to have guns. Uh, the prosecution, what did the prosecution have to well, say? Well, Paul Jarvis of the prosecution said that Khan holds extreme Islamist views and as he spoke, um, Runa Khan sat in the dock, fully veiled, wearing black gloves, a burqa and a niqab to obscure, obscure her face. The judge asked the prosecution to confirm her identity. Mr Jarvis told the court that after she was arrested and awaiting legal proceedings, Runa Khan assaulted her mother and sister at her mother's home. The officer who attended said that Khan had spoken about blowing things up. Well, Runa Khan does sound like a, a rum sort, doesn't she? How was she caught? Well, she'd made contact with an undercover police officer online using the name Abdurrahman and began a private conversation on Facebook. In the end, she sended in details of a route into Syria, which had been passed to her by Nahin Ahmed, a British man who was jailed for terror 
terrorism offences last Friday. Khan's barrister Joe Sidhu QC said his client was inflexible in her religious beliefs and extremely insecure, unsophisticated, binary in her thought process, devoid of any proper reasonable Islamic teaching. Now, let's just remember, this is Khan's barrister. This is a person supposed to defend her. Khan had 241 Facebook friends but complained that her account had been closed down constantly because of the extremist violent content of her postings. No, you'll, you'll hear me flicking through the newspapers. I'm trying to find uh, this story in some of the papers. And I, I, oh, we go. Mother, mother of six jailed for, on, for Facebook jihad. An extremist mother of six who dreamed of her eight-year-old son becoming a jihadist has received a five-year prison sentence for promoting terrorism on Facebook. Now, Kath, you tweeted something yesterday, and we spoke yeah. about this before the show. You have a problem with headlines such as mother, mother of, of six, six jailed. Yeah, because um, she's a woman. How many kids has Abu Hamza got? How many kids have, you know, any of the men who have been involved in in such um, cases got? It's never brought up about men. Why are we so surprised about women being capable of this too? You came up, and I wish I'd thought of this: the phrase "jihadi daddy." Yeah, because you don't, you don't. There was there was a story, wasn't there, recently about the the the, the, the jihadi mummy? Was that where she was? There was a hot. Asian woman who was accused oh, of... Jah- jihoti. Jihoti. That was it. Jihoti. Uh, and you're right. And it, it, It's never never father of three, Abu Hamza, or um, the brother of... It, it, it's, it, it's a way of making it worse. I mean, I know that I suppose the traditional view of a woman is that she is a nurturing um, and safe sort of person. Mm. And obviously they're using this to, to, to flag up the fact that it's not the case in, in, this, in this instance, but... Surely it's very old-fashioned, isn't it, to be uh, flagging up how many how many children she's had? Does that make any difference? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Do you think the fact that she's uh, a mum of six uh, is relevant enough for it to take up the headline of the story? Yeah, maybe further down the story it mentions. Yeah, because when she starts talking about encouraging other mothers to bring up their children in a certain way, then yes, perhaps it is relevant. Is it relevant because? She a lot of this case, and I'm reading this in the uh, Times now. A lot of this case does seem to hinge on the fact that that um, she was using her children uh, in, in terms of propaganda. I mean, it says here uh, she posted zipping up my eight-year-old boy's jacket as he wants to play outside for a bit. Inshallah, I should be trying the Shahada bandana around his forehead and hand him his rifle and send him out to play the big boys game. Is is, is that sure? But is it the first thing you need to know about her? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What I think is especially interested about this case is that someone's got five years for something they wrote on the internet. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, but and uh, you uh, continue. Well, five years for something you write on the internet. People write all <coughs> sorts of rubbish on there, don't they? But she continually. She, she didn't just write stuff. She also was aiding people yeah, to go out yeah, and, and yeah. be dodgepots. And that's, and that's why it makes a difference. And it is, it is incitement. She wrote in September, she wrote, Dear sisters, if you love your sons, your husbands, your brothers, prove it by sending them to fight for the sake of Allah. Don't you want them to enter paradise without reckoning? Don't you want them to prepare for, for you a palace in, uh, in paradise? I mean, she sounds like a rum sort, doesn't she? He's not the kind of person we want wandering the streets or, mm-hmm. or, or wandering uh, the um, electronic super information highway, really. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Catherine, I'll see you in about... Well, well I'll... you'll keep seeing me. I, I work here. Uh, OK, I was just... Uh, Kels, any, anything? It's true, she does work. No, I know, I know, but let's keep up the fantasy of... Uh, I'll, I'll see you in about 15 minutes yeah. to look mm-hmm. at the papers. Okay. Put my boots back! Nice one, Kath. Not nice one, Kath. Bad one, Kath. <laughs> Put my boots back. You are such a massive... Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
In Uxbridge on the A40 West Avenue, there's been an accident at the Swakeley's roundabout, and that's uh, between there and the Hillingdon Circus, so that could cause some queues again, as it happened yesterday as well. In High Wycombe on the A40 Oxford Road, there is uh, lane closed in both directions. That's for roadworks at Temple Street, so that could cause some delays this morning. And in Roxton on the A1 Great North Road, it's looking like it's moving well at the moment on the speed sensors around the Black Cat roundabout, but that could cause some delays later on with the roadworks there. It's a very rainy day across the county this morning, so take extra care on the roads, especially on the motorways, the M1 and the A1M for surface spray. And there's no reports of any problems at the moment on the trains. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 6.16, it's Friday the 12th of the 12th. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman from Luton is starting a five-year jail term for inciting terrorism on the internet. A 12-year-old girl has been killed crossing a grid road in Milton Keynes. The incident happened yesterday evening at around 5.15. And police are stepping up patrols in the Castlefield area of High Wycombe following a spate of car fires. BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Sport returns tomorrow afternoon. Well worked in the end, a lovely ball in from Walton. And after a weekend of cup football, it's all back to the league. Oh, what a goal from Alvin Abdi! We'll bring you commentary on Stevenage, MK Dons, Watford and Luton. Arrowed in to the right-hand corner from Sean Woolley. Choose your team with Three County Sport. And they deservedly take the lead, MK Dons. Barker scores low, left-footed. Tomorrow from two, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Roberto Peroni. What? BBC Three Counties Radio. Who let the dogs out? Guys? What do you mean, there aren't any dogs? <clears throat> Morning, guys. Yes. There's, um, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, when things get banned, of censorship. You know, there's a, I need to, there is a list somewhere, and I need to find it, of songs that we as the BBC are not allowed to play if there's a war. Mm. For example, we're not allowed to play Imagine by John Lennon if there's a war. Because, well, hey, hey, who would want to imagine a better world um, where everyone's equal whilst uh, we're blowing the heck out of people? Uh, and there's, there's a list that kind of every time that someone... But you can't play War Hurt, what is it good for, either? No, you can't play that. Um, there's a, and there's a list, if someone dies, there's a list of songs that go around that you're not allowed to play. And there's, there's obviously people who are involved in news stories, there's a list of songs... Just that be careful, yeah. Like, yeah. You've got to be, you've got to tread carefully. Um, there's a, they've got some songs here in The Sun that were banned, including uh, 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 Peter, Paul and Mary... Isn't it Peter, Paul and Mary that sing um, the, the, the Boa Constrictor song? Is that, I think yes. it's them that's, that do that. From the album Peter, Paul and Mommy. Mainly Mary that sings that. Primarily thing. Mary. Uh, Puff the Magic Prime Dragon. Mm-hmm. Puff, Puff the Magic Dragon was banned. Yeah. Do you know why? Let's see if Kelly knows why these songs are banned. Puff the Magic Dragon. Uh, is it about drugs? Yes. Mm. Little Jackie Paper is oh. his name. And Puff. Uh, dragon isn't a dragon, is no, it? No, it's, it's drugs. Yeah. OK. Frankie Goes to Hollywood... Relax. Oh, who, no, well, let's let's let the child in the room answer. Who who banned it and why did they ban it? Um, Frankie goes to Hollywood. That would be about drugs. Uh, Hollywood. Don't give her the nod. Don't get, let, let let don't help her out here. You're, you're not the major on who wants to be a millionaire. Oh, well, Frankie goes to Hollywood is about something very rude. Who banned it? it um, I'll give you a clue. This fella gave me my first ever pork pie. Oh, uh, I know, uh. I've heard you say that story a lot. Gave my first ever pork pie this year. <coughs> Switch off. Mike Reed. Mike Reed. And he, he did not like the lyrics, relax, don't do it when you want to come. Mm. So that was banned. 
Why, what's wrong with... with you, every, listen, I've invited you to a party. You come to my party. Yeah. Relax. Relax. Just chill out, Mike. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, OK. Uh, Lola by the Kinks. That's about... Yeah. A girl called Lola. What? Who... Uh, don't tell her. This is brilliant. Is... You don't know what Lola's about. A drug. Get Lola, Lex. We'll play R. Kelly in a minute. Get Lola up. You know what Lola's about. Everyone knows what Lola's about. Listen to the words. It tells you a story. But oh, that's no, not no, the reason. She's not. The- oh, it's about hooker. No. Oh, oh my no. gosh. You don't know what Lola's about. Right. Let's get. But that. That's not why it was banned. That's not, not why was it banned, Catherine. Product placement. Coca Cola. So they had to change the lyrics to Cherry, Cherry Cola. Cola. But that's not why it was banned. Have a listen to see if you can work out what All this right. uh, what this song is actually about. You don't know what Lola's about. Prepare to have your eyes. Open, open, open. I met her in the club down in Ottawa where you drink champagne and it tastes just like cherry cola. C-O-L-A cola. She walked up to me and she asked me to dance. I asked her her name and in a dark brown voice she said Lola. L-O-L-A cola. La 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 la. Just worked it out, guys. You got it, Kelly? She's a man! Well done! Well, we drank champagne and danced all night Under electric candlelight She picked me up and sat me on her knee Said, dear boy, won't you come on to me? Well, I'm not the world's most passionate guy
What a joy, guys. Kelly Betts did not know this song was about a tranny. And we have just watched the, the, uh, the pennies fall from her eyes. That was better than any television program. Oh, wow. What, what's another one we can do? <laughs> wow. Hey. Hey. We need to film it next time. Yeah, we should have filmed that. Although just, it was rather... Just. Boss. Oh, boss, mate. Boss, mate. You just missed a peak. No, listen, I, I was listening. I thought that was fantastic. Let me give you and your listeners a tip, though. The legs. Men do not have cellulite. My um, uh, fail-safe method, well, it used to be the hands until I got caught out in Hong Kong one. So, (laughs) the Adam's apple. You cannot surgically remove the Adam's apple. Uh, You can. You can raise it down. Oh, nuts. But the cellulite, you see. That was wonderful, Kelly. Thank you so much for that. Thanks for um, teaching me. You don't like the song now, do you? No, it's weird. I know what I am, and I'm glad I'm a man, and so So is Lola. Lola. Oh, that was brilliant. That's the most fun I've ever had in my life. Oh, you need to get out. On to, on to more serious issues, guys. And I'm going to have to turn your microphone down, Kelly, because I don't know if I can trust you yet. I can be serious. Okay. This is quite serious, actually, Justin. You, this, this was... Um, well, strangely, I've not seen you get so upset in a production meeting as you did about this story. Yeah. Four deer... And this is serious. Four deer have been found uh, dead and dismembered in Welland Garden City in the space of a month. The most recent, in Stanborough Green, had been mutilated and left in pieces. In other cases, just the heads have been left. Uh, people living in the area aren't thrilled. But kids, don't panic. We can confirm that, that, that none of these are Rudolph. Justin, you've been out on uh, Dead Deer Watch for us this morning. And this genuinely, this really affected you yesterday, didn't it? Yeah, I think it's absolutely vile. Um, absolutely disgusting. Um, four deer, um, they're being butchered. Uh, the locals call this person, who they believe has killed all four, as the deer slayer of Stanborough. Um, in Marsden Road, a deer was left rotting there for two days. And in another incident, um, somebody came across quite simply a deer's head, um, which is absolutely incredible. There are people out there who think this is fun. Who are those people? They should be locked up. Well, now, what have the council been saying in response to this? Well, in a statement, they said, we received two calls about a dead deer at Stanborough Green on the morning of the 13th of November. Uh, one from Hearts Police Neighbourhood Watch Team and the other from a local resident. A crew was sent out on the same day and reported that only a head was found, which was removed immediately. The resident contacted us again to advise us that some remain still require clearing which will then remove the following day separate reports of a severed deer's head on Marsden Road they were received on the 14th of November and this was removed on the same day Now you, as you said Justin, you've got pretty strong views on this haven't you? I have and I think that as I mentioned at the start, some people out there think it's fun um, to going around harming and, and killing animals, well I mentioned this yesterday and a few people laughed at me, but that there is a link uh, between people who harm animals and serial killers. I'm going to give you two examples right now. Ted Bundy, he killed 40 people. He started off by killing animals. Jeffrey Dimer again killed 17 Jeffrey people. Dahmer. Yep, 17 yep. people. Um, when he was a youngster, yeah. it was his hobby to go around killing his neighbour's pets. So, yeah. two examples. Yeah. Um, we are going to be going there this morning to talk okay. to locals, but this is absolutely disgusting. These people should be locked up behind bars. Is there a chance, though, that they are killing these deer for food? 
Which is, which is, uh, I'm not saying that mm. in this instance is acceptable, but this is what we're, f- uh, deer are farmed for food. Yep, is true. this, could this be what they're doing? In which case it's not quite so macabre. Um, I don't think so. I think if you look at the facts and um, where the deer have been left, um, this is somebody who um, is quite sick in the head and trying to get attention. I think they want the notoriety there uh, in the local area for, for what they're doing. And, you know, if you look at what they're doing, it's working because it's being talked about locally. Yeah. We're talking about it this morning, aren't we? And just give, what, what's the, the killer's nickname again? Uh, the locals are calling this person the Deer Slayer of Stambra. See, I would have, um, I would have called them the Deer Hunter, like okay. the film. Hmm. What would you have called them? Scum. It's, it's catchy. Hmm. And you're going to go there this morning? Yeah. Okay, we'll speak to you later. Thanks, Ian. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Roberto Peroni. BBC Three Counties Stop Radio. Stop playing that, please! News <sighs> for beds, hearts, and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Gone to uh, travel a little bit early, but I can see her phoning in right now. Let's get the travel now. Here's Sammy Bruff. Here's he's going to connect Sammy Bruff with the travel. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you, with great pleasure, Sammy Bruff with the travel. Having a look at the speed sensors, it's not moving too badly at the moment around the county, though it's uh, moving fine around the Roxham, the A1 Great North Road, around the Black Cat Roundabout. In Walthamstow, though, the A406 North Circular Road is partially blocked because of an accident at Chingford Road that's causing queues at the moment to Waterworks Corner. And it's looking at the motorways on the cameras. It's looking very, very wet at the moment, so take extra care with surface water and reduced visibility at the moment. No reports of any problems on the trains. Smart the Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A court has heard how a woman from Luton wanted her six young children to become jihadi fighters. Runa Khan has been jailed for more than five years for inciting terrorism on the internet. A 12-year-old girl has been killed crossing a grid road in Milton Keynes. The incident happened yesterday evening at around 5.15 on the V8 Marlborough Street near Netherfield. And police are stepping up patrols in the Castlefield area of High Wycombe following a spate of car fires. Arsonists are thought to have struck four times in the early hours of yesterday with eight vehicles set alight in a car park off Abercrombie Avenue. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tottenham and Everton both lost their Europa League matches last night, but both were already through to the knockout stages. Spurs lost 1-0 in Turkey to Besiktas. Everton lost 1-0 at home to Krasnodar. Sir Elton John will be at Watford's match with Wigan tomorrow as the Hornets name their new stand after the former chairman, his manager Slavisa Jokanovic. I was be one time in the, in the one concert in Las Vegas uh, many years uh, ago, but he has many, many famous uh, songs and uh, he helped us here in, in this club and I tell you it's, uh, his influence in, around the world is uh, very very big 
Milton Keynes Dons travel to League One promotion rivals Preston. In League Two, Luton go to Morecambe, playing for the inaugural Eric Morecambe Trophy as well as league points. His manager John Steele. He just had a way of being funny, and that you know simplicity is genius. Just a funny person, just you come into a room and say something that you might say or I might say. The genius is have, have a way of sort of putting things over, and uh, I think that you know even my kids, and I'm sure their kids will grow up knowing about Morecambe and Wise because they're always on telly. Also in League Two, Stephen Inter away to Newport. Wickham hosts End In rugby, Bedford hosts the Cornish Pirates tomorrow with a two o'clock kick-off in the British and Irish Cup. And in ice hockey, Milton Keynes Lightning host Basingstoke tomorrow night with a 7pm face-off. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now. Nice to see you again, Catherine. I saw you about 15 minutes ago. There's so a, there's a that's window good there. We... To see you now. Oh. Because so, you were in the studio 15 minutes and ago. And then I was next door. And now I've seen you. You could see me before. So, Kelly, mate. There's a window. Hello. Yeah, just quick word of um, uh, warning, <laughs> advice, threat, yes, suggestion, uh-huh. however you want to take it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, when I'm speaking to Justin Daly about something as serious as uh, the, the Deer Hunter, mm. um, please don't pull faces that, that make me laugh at the end of his report. That's disrespectful to me and disrespectful to Justin. I think you're being disrespectful about my face. She wasn't pulling anything. I wasn't pulling anything. That face there? No, I was still getting over Lola. That face? You're doing it now? That silly face? And as I've learnt, the kinks got under him. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You probably won't, because you'd want to sit back and listen to this. It's a beautiful thing. I feel really un-Christmassy. Well, what's going to make you feel more festive? Um... What about a song? All together this now! Work. This could work. Here we go! We wish you a reggae Christmas We wish you a reggae Christmas We wish you a reggae Christmas And a reggae New Year We wish you a reggae Christmas We wish you a reggae Christmas We wish you a reggae Christmas And a reggae New Year here we go, I'm feeling it now. I've got some stuff for you. Go on. I've got some really good reggae Christmas songs for you. Oh, beautiful. Um, this one is uh, Rudolph the Reggae Reindeer. Oh, hello, let's have it. Oh, to the story about Rudolph the Reggae Reindeer. What? Right. Right now. Ooh. This is the reggae setting from my Yamaha. <laughs> Had a very shiny nose And if you ever saw it You would even say it This isn't reggae, this is just limp Okay, what about this, this one is um, <laughs> Santa Claus is scarring to town Okay, let's Oh, I like this Oh, I like this We're having this, this is going in the keep box Do you want to hear um, We Three Kings by the Gay Lads? <laughs> what song did you just say? We Three Kings by the Gay Lads. Wow, yeah, I'd love to. That's an unusual name for a reggae yeah. act to, check, to take. Didn't think, anyway. 
One we've got? Uh, it's, oh, this is just a nice one. Drummer Boy, but reggae. Oh, it's a bit Calypso. Hey. See, I've been doing my research. You just typed in reggae to the music computer. Yep. Oh, we'll keep this. We'll keep this. We'll keep this bubbling hot underneath. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We welcome you to sit down, just roll up at our house, and have a very reggae Christmas. What you got in the papes, Kath? Well, there's a lot of stuff about Terra Mother, uh, homegrown from Luton. A mother of six was yesterday jailed for five years and three months for promoting terrorism on Facebook. They're talking about Runa Khan, as we will be for the course of the programme. But again, Terra Mother is jailed, a mother of six. You object to the, well, the I mother just, thing. I don't know whether I don't know why that's the first thing we ever learn about newsworthy women. You know how productive they are. Yeah, it, I know. I know what you mean, but I, it, I think in this case, later on in it, you know, when you start talking about the detail, yes, yeah, she is flagging up ways to bring up your children in a certain way. I hate people. Yeah, we know this. Who um, rom- uh, who propose in crazy, wacky ways? How was you, what was your proposal like? Was it a night? Was Central it Central Park? I thought you'd fallen over. Central Park, beautiful. I did it by a lake uh, in Japan, Mount Fuji behind us. It was freezing cold. And then we went to um, an arcade afterwards and played video games. But he didn't, like, set anything on fire or no. um, fire anything into the sky or anything like that. He just did the usual, you know, the one-knee uh, traditional will you marry me thing. Well, listen to this, idiot. A romantic jogger. I oh, mean, already, already I'm thinking, what? <laughs> you like that, didn't you, Kel? How do you jog romantically? He's just low motion. He's just wearing a heart-shaped T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> a romantic, a romantic <laughs> jogger proposed to his sweetheart. Get right. Okay, so it's a jogger. He's romantic. He's proposing to his sweetheart. Let's take suggestions on how he'd do it. Kelly Betts, how would a romantic jogger propose to a sweetheart? <clears throat> he um, took the ring out of his sweatband, which was around <laughs> his head. Flipping egg. Yeah. <laughs> and then. <laughs> he ran past her really quickly going, what are you <laughs> And she had to wait, he had to wait for the next lap he before wait. he got the answer. I reckon yep. he used a certain brand of deodorant yep. that doesn't let you down. Yep. Used a stencil yep. on his back. Yeah. <laughs> he sure didn't. Will you marry me? This, it's even worse than those. Did he write it on the soles of his feet and burn her off? <laughs> Will you marry me? Will you marry me? A romantic jogger proposed to his sweetheart by running a route which electronically spelt out Will You Marry Me on his GPS sports app. That is long. Ben Chudley... (laughs) We don't laugh at names, guys, but Ben Chudley, 28, plotted an intricate five-mile course in Portsmouth so the words would show up on his iPhone's tracker. Ben's girlfriend, Olivia Abdul, 20, saw the message on Facebook and said... Yes. She shouldn't. She's what? only 20. That's too young. Hang on. So he'd done the roots. He'd done the roots. So <laughs> done put, the roots. Hang on. So then he put it on Facebook. Yeah, he's one meant, of those bores who flags up the fact that he's been doing some jogging. Which meant everybody else saw it before her. Yeah. So she might not have... That, 
So my mum have rang being like, oh, congratulations. And she'd be like, what? And he'd be like, oh, you've been proposed to me. It's on Facebook. Who are you? I don't know anybody <laughs> who speaks like this. How did I'm, you get my phone number? I'm Olivia's friend. And she's all like, oh, I'm Olivia. I've never I'm, heard of you. And then I've got to go. She's got to log on to Facebook. And she's like, oh, yeah, he has proposed. I suppose I better say yes, considering everyone else knows about it now. Mm. Her last name's going to be Chudley. <laughs> how, how do you, Ben Chudley? My, my nan used to make chudley and keep it in jars. It's horrible stuff. <laughs> I prefer my way. Sorry? The running past. Yeah, I, th- I prefer yeah, both I th- your ways. Rubbish. Yeah, but anyway, she should say no. 20's too young. 20 is much too young. Young much to too get young. married. Young, young, too young. Young, young to get, get married. married. Much too young. You're married with the kid when you should be having fun with. She wants to dump him. It's a sign. What have you got? Give us a story and then we're going to play the weekend theme tune, guys. Well, this is the £1 house that became our £150,000 family home. When did we buy a £1 house and when did we move in together, Catherine? We didn't. It's now a smart modern home that any family would be happy to call their own. Uh, yeah. 150,000 isn't that much these days, is it? Oh, listen to her! Oh. So, I nearly saw then, snobby um, so-and-so. No, but it's not. Snobby um, balls? No, it's just because houses are ridiculously expensive. It's hard to believe that just over a year... Hang on a minute, but it was a pound, and now it's 150,000 pounds. That's a brilliant I- I- uh, investment. Only if you want to move into a tent, you're never going to get that money back. So it's hard to believe that just over a year ago the property was bought for a pound as part of a radical regeneration project. This oh, I what, remember this, this in is Liverpool. What they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went through or, Liverpool in a stretch limo, yeah, a chav wagon, and uh, we saw lots and lots of boarded up houses. Yeah. And that's what they were doing. They were saying, right, okay, you can have it for a pound, but you have to do it up. Yeah, that was, and that's revitalised parts of the city that were otherwise decrepit. Mm-hmm. And to deter speculators and landlords, they were sold on condition that the purchaser was a local first time buyer. It's great. They should do that more. Then why are you knocking this poor family? I'm just saying, you know, 150. There are people out there who um, would love to live it to, to own a £150,000 house yeah. and, and they can't afford to feed their children. And you're laughing at them? I'm not laughing. I'm just saying that houses are ridiculously expensive these days. You are laughing. No. You are laughing. No, though. Come here. Don't. Let you you're laughing at them. Unbelievable. Now, usually I don't do this, but... Uh... Go ahead on, break them off with a little previews of the remix. Now, I'm not trying to be rude, but hey, pretty girl, I'm feeling you. The way you do the things you do reminds me of my Lexus cool. That's why I'm all up in your grill, trying to get you to a hotel. You must be a football coach, the way you got me playing the field. So, baby, give me that, and let me get that. Running her hands through my fro, bouncing on 24. Why they say I'm ready? It's the remix to ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen. Mama ruling that body, got every man in here wishing. Sipping on coke and rum, I'm like, so what? I'm drunk. It's the freaking weekend, baby. I'm about to have me some fun. Bounce, 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 bounce. Now it's like murder, she rolled Once I get you out the clothes Privacy's on the door But still they can hear you screaming more Girl, I'm feeling what you're feeling No more hoping and wishing I'm about to take my key and Stick it in the ignition So give me that Let me get that Running her hands through my fro Bouncing on 24 Why they saying they got ready It's the remix to ignition Hot and fresh out the kitchen Mama ruling that body Got every man in here wishing Sipping on coke and rum I'm like so what I'm drunk It's the freaking weekend baby I'm about to have me some fun Crystal pop 
Jumping in the stretch navigator We got food everywhere As if the party was catered We got fellas to my left Honey's on my right We bring them both together We got juking all night Then after the show It's the party Then after the party It's the hotel lobby Around about four you gotta Clear the lobby Didn't take it to your room and Can I get a Can I get a Running her hands through my fro Bouncing on 24 Come on, why they say ready It's the remix to ignition Hot and fresh out the kitchen Mama ruling that body Got every man in here wishing Sipping on coke and rum I'm like, so what, I'm drunk It's the freaking weekend, baby I'm about to have some fun It's the remix to ignition Hot and fresh out the kitchen Mama ruling that body Got every man in here wishing Sipping on coke and rum I'm like, so what, I'm drunk It's the freaking weekend, baby I'm about to have me some fun Come on Girl, we all in this jeep Walking windows up Lost in the radio In the back of my truck Bouncing up and down Stroke it And next time we play this, we'll explain to Kelly what it's about. (laughs) Kelly didn't know what the song Lola was about until 20 minutes ago. And we should have filmed her face because as the the scales drop from her eyes, Mm -hmm. boy, oh boy. Hey, here's a generous man. His name is... um, Oh, first of all, page 32, great headline in the mail. Baby born using smuggled sperm. Let's leave that there. Let's leave that there. Uh... Where would you smuggle it? Um, a baby girl has been born in the West Bank after her father's sperm was smuggled out of an Israeli jail! Out of jail! Gosh. A been... for effort there. A for effort. Oh, gosh. Dear me. Anyway, this is a story about Prince Charles, his royal kindness. Uh, Santa Charles spends £175,000 on bags for his stuff. It's great. Yeah, nice of him. As heir to the throne, he's an extremely long Christmas lift, but what gift is fit for a prince to bestow? Charles has made a good start at fulfilling his festive obligations by commissioning 350 identical bespoke bags. Well, if they're identical, the bespoke part becomes meaningless. Worth £500 each. £175,000. Which is so generous of Prince Charles to do that. Um, The prince's three feathers insignia has been added as an exclusive embellishment. Suede and leather. Owen Barry Limited, based in Street Somerset, was selected by a scout from Highgrave. It's craftsmen have been spent all all year working on the gifts. £175,000 of his own money. Just remind me, where does Prince Charles get his money from? Um... Well, oh, he has got a farm. He hang makes on a biscuits and pasties. We've hang on a minute. We've bought these bags for his staff. We've spent one hundred and seventy-five thousand pounds on staff bags for these plums. They look like decent people, apart from him. He looks like a dodgepot. He's going to put all sorts in that. Bag. Isn't he just b- b- possibly something unpleasant in there? But we've spent all that money on them. Nice bags, though, aren't they? Very nice bags, actually. Yes. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 40 Western Avenue, there's been an accident between the Swakeley's roundabout and the Hillington Circus that could cause some delays later on, but it's not looking too bad at the moment on the speed sensors. In Chorleywood on Rickmansworth Road, there's some temporary traffic lights at Common Road, so that also could make it very busy during the morning rush. Having a look at the motorways and on the M1 towards London, it's looking very busy at the moment between Junction 9 for Redbourne and 7 for Hamel Hempstead. And on the M25 in both directions, there is still a lane closed between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 27 
problem for the M11 after the accident earlier on this week. It's very wet out there as well, so take extra care if you're driving on the motorways this morning. Having a look at the cameras, there's a lot of surface spray around and surface water as well. There's no reports though of any problems on the trains. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you so much. 6.46, it's Friday the 12th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman from Luton is starting a five-year jail term for inciting terrorism on the internet. A 12-year-old girl has been killed crossing a grid road in Milton Keynes. The incident happened yesterday evening at around 5.15. And councils have made more than £600 million in profit from parking charges last year. That's according to a report by the RAC Foundation. Coming up, we'll speak to Dealey, but before that, let's get the weather. Here's Elena. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there, Ian. It's a wet and windy start to the morning. We still have a yellow warning for the wind from the Met Office, valid for a couple more hours, gusts of 50 to 60 miles an hour, which could cause some damage to trees, perhaps cause some disruption to power lines. Also, these heavy spells of rain, but all of this is moving away bodily south and eastward, so in the next couple of hours we'll start to see an improvement. The rain will ease away, the winds will ease down, and then we'll see some brighter skies. The sunshine always somewhat hazy this afternoon with quite a lot of high cloud, but a much improved picture this afternoon afternoon, drier and brighter with just one or two passing showers and a much lighter wind. A high today of 9 or 10 Celsius, which in fairness is almost what we've got at the moment. Temperatures do drop away overnight, though, down to around minus 2 Celsius under clear skies, so a widespread frost, a crisp start to Saturday and then a fine winter's day tomorrow with plenty of sunshine, barely a cloud in the sky and an early frost again tomorrow evening, uh, but that will start to fade as the night wears on and the cloud increases and for Sunday we're back to the milder, cloudier, windier conditions with some outbreaks of rain later in the day. BBC Three Counties weather, I'm Alina Jenkins. Thank you, Alina. Next Thursday, we're holding our annual Christmas carol concert. This year, it's taking place at St Mary's Church in Luton and we'd love you to join us and take part. and celebrate the spirit of Christmas with performances from the Luton Youth Concert Band, the Luton Choral Society and Luton Gospel Community Choir. Plus the Christmas story told by your favourite Three Counties Radio personalities. Doors open at seven and it's your chance to be part of our concert that you'll hear on Christmas Day. There's no charge and you don't need a ticket. Just turn up on the night. at St Mary's Church in Luton next Thursday night from 7 for a very special carol concert from BBC Three Counties Radio but only if you're going to sing up if you're going to mumble don't bother that's why I'm not going I'm a mumbler no, I'm not. You're I love. A no, I love singing at those things. I love going to. My favourite thing is not my favourite thing by a long stretch of the imagination. One of the things you like is uh, I like going to church. Not because I'm religious. I just like the tradition of it. Sometimes, mm-hmm. not even for Christmas, I'm go to church and I like going with my boys. And I don't know any of the hymns, but boy oh boy, do I sing with gusto. I sing with gusto those bad boys because everyone's like doing the the, the Christian mumble. Oh Jesus, not quite sure of the God from heaven, and I'm there going, Oh Jesus. God from heaven, give us our daily bread. Come on, man. See, if you're going to sing to God, then sing to God. He won't mind if you say hey, not singing the tune. It's the effort. <laughs> I reckon the more effort you put in, the better bed you get when you go to heaven. So we've had um, a weather bum, and now we're having a thunder snow. <laughs> this is just 
They're making words up now. Britain was hit by thunder snow yesterday. What's that? As our week of bad weather brought fresh chaos. It rained here for about 20 minutes yesterday, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, in sheets it was. Sheets. The rare phenomenon, thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening me during a snowstorm, meant lightning bolts looked extra bright as they reflected off snowflakes. Well, that's surely lightning snow? The blast... Yeah, you're right. The blast, the next wave of the weather bum roaring in from the Atlantic, <laughs> left large parts of the north blanketed by snow. Who cares? I mean, seriously. The north cares. Yeah, but... Hey, listen, that's my people. It blocked roads in the northeast, with up to 100 vehicles stranded until the early hours at Carter Bar in Northumberland. Well, I bet Carter Bar did great business. The thunder snow was spotted near Glasgow, while further north in the Scottish Highlands it always snows. In the south, people struggled home from office parties in downpours and high winds. Struggled. Crawled. Flipping neck. And now there's a storm blowing in from tropical Hawaii called the Pineapple Express. Jeez, you make me want to eat my own fingers. Thank you. What gives you a tingle, Ian? Oh, does it for you? The news you gave me this morning. (laughs) That gave me a right old tingle. The news that you and I will be hosting the Kath and Ian Christmas shows on Monday and Tuesday, the 22nd and 23rd of December. And on the Tuesday, it's an open door policy. Anyone can rock up. And Kelly Betts is... That's, that was it, yeah. It was big news. Uh, and Kelly Betts is going to be... You're going to be here with us. Sure, what days? The Monday... Well, you're contractually obliged. Monday, the oh. 22nd, Tuesday, the 23rd of December. Uh, and you're going to be recording some bits for us beforehand. Yes. And um, <laughs> Scott, who tweets us, I've asked him to record some bits for us and maybe even record a little song for it. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. It could be excellent. That, that's what gives me a tingle. Yes. And also the news you... The other news you gave me. Yes. Well, it's giving me a tingle, and this is the problem. Catherine is um, big in certain areas. Oh, shut up. No, she's big in certain areas. <laughs> up north. Man. Up north. She's, they, they have, like, um, Catherine Boyle days, where they um, ho- have pictures of when you. When you say they, you mean, like, my aunties. Your aunties, yeah. Yeah, they do. They think she's a... a we um, call it Catherine Boyle day, we call it a birthday. They think she's a big knob down in London. Uh, it's close well, enough. Sometimes they listen. It's close enough. It's close enough. Anyway, do you feel a little tingle when you watch someone fold towels? No. Um, or feel oh. a shiver down your spine when a gift is being wrapped? Oh, I no. do like a well-wrapped present. No, I don't. I like watching it. My, I don't like trying to unpick them, though. I don't see the point in a well-wrrapped present. No, just just, just tinfoil it, it and give it to me. My wife wraps presents so well that neither children nor disabled people can open them. Too tight. And we have both of those um, groups in our family Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. I went through a Christmas... Do you want a hand with that, Mum? Yeah. Don't cry. <laughs> One Christmas I used a double-sided sticky tape. What a plum. Why did I do that? Because you were showing off. Yeah, I was. Anyway, I had on. time, I didn't have any children. You know what's fun to do? Yeah. Get a present, wrap it up, and then continue to wrap the sellotape all around it until you've got no sellotape left and they can't get well, in Well, then it. how do you wrap the other presents, mate? Oh, it's just fun, isn't it? What get, so give, go back to this tingle story. Anyway, you're not, you're not alone if you uh, get, get a tingle from that. A growing online community of perfect. Claims to experience thrills from just such mundane acts. Yeah, I bet they do. The phenomenon's been dubbed Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, or ASMR, and has spawned a cottage industry online with dozens of video artists catering for thousands of enthusiasts. I've heard of this, yeah. I've got a friend that watches this. One 18-minute clip of a woman folding towels. 18 minutes! And napkins has been watched more than 770,000 times. What co-watches this stuff? Explains a lot, doesn't it? Other ASMR videos show polished fingernails tapping on a plastic surface. 
presents being wrapped or performers whispering to a camera in Latin. Do you know what? what does do you know it? what I would do it for me? Yeah. Someone using an apostrophe properly. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm working on it. Do you know what does it for me? Mm. Is um, watching the um, young women um, at the Gap folding uh, T-shirts. Oh, yeah, I can do that. That does it for me. I used to work in Topshop. I can do that without the... You, you, you get a board. When you first start, I can do it board free now. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Doom doom doom. But we've got doom 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 doom. Sleeve sleeve. Okay. Actually, Kath, that sounds similar to our introducing track of the week. Thank you, Kelly. Well done. You managed to step in there. What have we got? It looks like a good song. It's too long. It's too long. It's four minutes thirty nine. So we won't get play all of it, Leon. Here's my tip for young unsigned artists: three minutes thirty tops. Tops. The Beatles did most of their songs in under two and a half minutes. That's all I'm saying. Four minutes thirty nine. It's too long. It's indulgent. Leon is just giving you the option to fade out and talk over. I will have to. I'm afraid, Leon, because of uh, because of Catherine's um, dum dum dums, which are getting (laughs) in the way of everything. You're still talking. Just I know. I'm just giving some advice to some to Leon, who's a young artist. He's done a a song, Invisible Me. I'm sure it's going to be brilliant. It's It's just too long. It's indulgent. It's 4.39. Has he got a big guitar solo in the middle? Or a keytar? Kelly? I'll tell you what. Yeah? Why don't you have a listen? Okay. Now? Oh, now! Now, Here we go. quite like this it's just too, it's too long Leon that's the only criticism Good can, though, isn't can, it? You, can you give me seven inches it's from Hitchin I like this yeah. I do like I like this bit this bit this bit that's it just goes up like a step if, Leon if you want me to come and uh, rap over this let's 
I would be happy to. Why don't you give him a taster? Okay. Let's dance, take it to the street now. I'm feeling invisible, me, with Leon in the house, and he's playing his song. Nothing can go wrong, can't go wrong. Take it to the bridge. Break down. Got to stop it though, because it's too long. Mm. But Leon, if you want me to come and do a rap over that, mate, I, I, 250 quid, I'm yours. I like how he slap at a bass. He slap at a bass! He slap at my face! Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there's a lane closed between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar because of vehicles broken down. And having a look at the speed sensors, it's looking a little bit slow past there at the moment as well. In Brickett Wood on the A405 North Orbital Road as well, it's looking very busy around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And the M1 towards London is looking quite slow between the M1 Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. In Uxbridge on the A40 Western Avenue, there's been an accident at the Swakeley's roundabout between there and the Hillingdon Circus. So that's starting to cause it to be a little bit slow through there. And in High Wycombe on Amersham Road, there's some electricity work going on at Maybrook Gardens. So that could cause some delays to your journey. Smart the Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. So what gives you a tingle? Is it folding towels? And there was other stuff, but I did, uh, really... Um... Oh, yes, those... Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Luton Mother starting jail sentence for inciting terrorism. Twelve-year-old girl killed on Milton Keynes Grid Road and report highlights council's parking profits. BBC Three Counties Radio. A court has heard how a woman from Luton wanted her six young children to become jihadi fighters. Runa Khan has been jailed for more than five years for inciting terrorism on the internet. When officers raided her home, they found pictures of her two-year-old son holding a toy assault rifle. More from Ben Nye. The 34-year-old was caught last October when she passed on details to an undercover police officer about how to get to Syria. She'd been in touch with a jihadi fighter who was jailed last week after returning to Britain. The court heard Khan holds extreme Islamist views and regularly praised the murder of Lee Rigby. She had also written about how she wanted her eight-year-old son to grow up so she could send him off to war. A 12-year-old girl has been killed crossing a grid road in Milton Keynes. The incident happened yesterday evening at around 5.15 on the V8 Marlborough Street dual carriageway near Netherfield. Thames Valley Police say the girl was pronounced dead at the scene after being in collision with a black VW Golf. The car driver, a man in his 30s, was not injured. Officers are appealing for witnesses. Councils in England made more than £600 million in profit from parking charges last year. The figures were compiled by the RAC Foundation. The local government association has called the report misleading and insists any surplus that councils make from parking is spent on essential transport projects. But Philip Gom from the RAC disagrees. Drivers across the country will want to know that charges are set reasonably, legitimately in the first place to manage traffic, which is essentially the only reason and charges can be set and they're not there as revenue raisers to fill those black holes, those financial black holes that councils are being faced with. 
Police are stepping up patrols in the Castlefield area of High Wycombe following a spate of car fires. Arsonists are thought to have struck four times in the early hours of yesterday, with eight vehicles set alight in a car park off Abercrombie Avenue. Three men and two teenagers said to be part of a gang of phone scammers targeting elderly people in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire have appeared in court. The five, who all come from the King's Cross area of London, were arrested on Tuesday. Hatfield Remand Court was told 19 cases, totalling £100,000, were involved. Ed Sheeran has been named British Artist of the Year at the first BBC Music Awards. The two other main awards went to Pharrell Williams. He was named Best International Artist and won Song of the Year for Happy. You know, when you say Song of the Year, that's not something that I can determine. That's something that's determined by everyone else. You know, the folks in the UK have just been so incredibly generous. So I just, you know, again, want to say thank you to everybody and that great nation. In sport, Tottenham and Everton both lost their Europa League matches last night, but both were already through to the knockout stages. The weather, a cloudy, wet and windy start, but becoming drier and brighter during the morning with some sunny spells. Winds easing, a maximum temperature 8 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. Looking at the day's biggest topics, bringing local stories to life and tackling your consumer problems from 12 nick coffer i'll be finding out about esme's all stars a charity from wendover and there'll be live music from the caritas harmony choir from three roberto peroni i'll round off the week's news and then bring you an hour of the best entertainment from seven mark forrest find out what's been going on across the whole country all day today on bbc three counties radio Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up this morning, Facebook jihadis, dismembered deer, and we get to play a little bit of Eric Morecambe, legitimately. How cool is that? Also, what gives you a tingle? Some people get excited, nay, aroused, by watching people folding towels. I do get a little buzz watching people in Gap folding T-shirts. That's a great way to display a T-shirt, isn't it? Isn't it? What gives you a little buzz, a little thrill, a little tingle? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Peter's in Warburton. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Ian. Peace be with you, brother. Thank you so much. At this time of year, it's wonderful. What, what are you doing with your phone? Are you trying to pull it out of your backside or something? <laughs> What's going on, Pete? No, sorry, I was uh, putting uh, uh, the recycling out. Oh, I, I see. I heard the Beatles, and uh, you've, you've had a good week this week. I'm very pleased. It's been very, very entertaining. Thank well, you you're, very- you're very kind. Thank you. Do you know what? I felt the last few weeks... We've kind of lost, I have kind of lost, a little bit of the sparkle, a little bit of the, how should I phrase it, if I were a a 60s head, I'd call it mojo. But I just think the last couple of days, we've kind of got our mojo back, I've got my mojo back a bit. You're bubbling on, brother. I'm bubbling hot, bubbling hot. Are you feeling Christmassy at all, Peter? Uh, Well, I don't celebrate Christmas as such, 
but uh, it's, it's a wonderful time of the year to see all the lights yes. on the houses and, and the trees and, and people giving presents and yeah. cards. Uh, it's fantastic. I'm not really feeling it at the moment, not, and I love Christmas. And I'm, this, this year I'm kind of a bit, uh, OK, I, I, I need to get some kind of Christmassy vibe going, Pete. Oh, yeah. oh well, pop round to my house. I shall uh, uh, sit you down and uh, we will have uh, a little bit of meditation by the candlelight. Oh, and uh, um, uh, maybe imbibe a little bit of alcohol. Peter, I will see you uh, 20 minutes past nine. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. Now, a Luton woman has been jailed for just over five years after admitting inciting terrorism on Facebook. Runa Khan, who has six children, posted an article encouraging mothers to raise Mujahid, Mujahid children, a picture of a suicide vest with the slogan, sacrifice your life to be in Islam, and sending details of routes through Syria to someone who turned out to be an undercover policeman. I'm joined now by Zafar Khan, who chairs the Luton Council of Faiths, is an expert on South Asian and Muslim affairs. Morning, Zafar. Thank you Morning. very much for no joining us. No uh, what's your response to this sentence? Five years. Does that feel about right to you? Well, I am not a legal expert, but uh, I, I suppose uh, each offence uh, carries a s- certain amount of punishment or uh, or a sanction. So, I mean, that is for lawyers mm. to debate. But I, I think uh, that there is an issue, uh, and there is also a problem, uh, and um, uh, and also perhaps uh, you know some individuals are so susceptible that uh, they get sucked into. Uh, rhetoric of one or the other kind and in this case uh, I mean it's sad that uh, uh, a mother should uh, actually have a mindset mm. <laughs> where uh, she's uh, she's uh, she's trying to uh, encourage uh, children because we've had campaigns yeah. recently haven't we yeah. where um, the, the women in uh, Muslim families the sisters and the mothers are, have been encouraged to speak up if they suspect that their their sons or their husbands or their brothers are leaning towards you know being radicalized or to having uh, you know these kind of mm. um violent thoughts so for for it to be a, a mother a woman who is kind of encouraging it herself it, it it's it seems quite shocking i guess it's i for me i think i i i think i feel saddened that uh, a mother i mean there must be something wrong there mm. but i i think uh, it is um, uh, broadly speaking uh, an issue that needs to be tackled uh, it's a, i mean uh, there's a minority a tiny minority of people who would be um, you know, sucked into something like that. But I think the wider society, both within the Muslim communities and, you know, the, the Muslims in Britain are mm. pretty diverse lot uh, and not just a homogenous, uh, mm. uh, you know, two million or two and a half million. And indeed, uh, you know, wider society, uh, government, state uh, need to have a coordinated and open debate about these issues. What, what yeah. needs to be done? Because um, you often hear the argument, oh, well, in the mosques, uh, the imam should be talking about this. Well, I, I, I would suggest that the, the radicalization doesn't happen in the mosques it happens no. in kind of fringe groups and indeed. In meetings outside indeed you're right indeed you're right and i i think um, uh, leadership generally not necessarily in the mosques but mosques included uh, both within the communities needs to be robust articulate uh, more uh, with uh, the sort of if you like uh, uh, aware, aware of the wider implications and also the needs of, of society and, and so on. That's very important. And I think uh, there is a there is a there is an argument that there is a, um, a perhaps a leadership vacuum within the Muslim communities 
to an extent and that uh, um, needs to be uh, you know sort of remedied by uh, support encouragement mm. um, uh, both uh, from within as well as from uh, outside and and perhaps uh, a a more uh, constructive and positive and open uh, um, uh, attitude mm. by the state I, I mean you know a state or represented by institutions and particularly government uh, there is a tendency to politicize things for all kinds of reasons and we live in a democracy and we have a, a you know a kind of plural a kind of democracy and political mm. parties have a, a, a particular rhetoric and sometimes that doesn't doesn't help so i think uh, maybe maybe a lot of good uh, work behind the scenes takes place mm. um, but i i think an open rational debate is fine these are isolated uh, yeah. cases but uh, they need to be uh, you know those forces uh, within communities need to be empowered to actually challenge some of this, uh, when, this um, when something like this happens uh, when when uh, the, the, the big story is a Muslim has encouraged mm. um, uh, radicalization, there were the two lads from Birmingham who I think got sentenced to thirteen years each last last week uh, who, who who are Muslims. Do you find? And I know that we'll get one or two callers going. Ah, oh, all Muslims yeah. are terrorists. All they're all the same. Do you find? Do you come across that attitude where you all get tarred with this same kind <laughs> of the kind of brush? All, all too often. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's uh, fairly. Uh, you know, there are things that are unsaid than said. Mm. Um, but that's fine. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, we we live uh, in an open society, and uh, I, I think uh, I have just as much opportunity to maybe raise my voice as as the next person but I, I think there's also a question of empowerment and capacity and capability mm. and I, I've always been of the view that uh, uh, within Muslim communities uh, overwhelming majority of people are just like any other uh, you know oh yeah and I know yeah, that yeah. but there are, there but, are but, people but, listening but, who won't yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, and the voices that are if you like uh, um, different or extremist if you want to call them or, or radical uh, those voices are very few and far between but they need to be challenged and those who should and could challenge uh, need to be empowered mm. encouraged and and there has to be a wider sort of a, a climate and environment of confidence uh, prevailing within our society and within our communities up and down our cities and towns uh, for uh, you know tackling this uh, this and I, I i think muslim members of the british british uh, citizens who are muslim who happen to be muslim are just as outraged as uh, uh, as anybody else, uh, but it about saddens me that you have to you you feel you have to say that because that seems yeah. obvious to me that it's a yeah. minority. If there's a Christian murderer, people don't come and go. Oh, these bloody Christians are at it again. Or if there is a white murderer, oh, these white people are at it. Do you know what I mean? It just seems yeah. specifically to Muslims yeah. that they that, that, that there is kind of a pressure that you that, that Muslims feel they have to come out and go. It's only a minority. It's you know it's it's not all of us. Well, um, I mean, I, usually people like that are a minority mm. in any society. Yeah. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't uh, j just to make a point uh, that one uh, emphasizes that. But I, I, th I think uh, there are wider issues. But uh, in some cases, uh, I think there is a perhaps uh, somebody is misguided yeah. and people get sucked into uh, a, 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 a sort of a view that uh, over a number of years uh, or a period of time actually does become quite a, a threat and a danger to not only uh, you know to, to those people but also the wider society. But I. I think I don't know. I think um, uh, the state is pretty secretive about 
its uh, you know methodologies and method and approach in uh, challenging this and I, I think the uh, the state has to come uh, out and openly debate this mm. and and you know encourage and espouse uh, a greater uh, and more meaningful uh, cooperation but I think I can only uh, cooperate if I'm informed and mm. I'm empowered and I know what I'm doing otherwise uh, you know that's the kind of general yeah. general sort of I suppose one, example one final thing I'm 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 this this kind of I, I, I contradict myself here because I'm kind of hey people can do whatever they want to do but I also think that the the the, 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 the burqa and the niqab the full kind of fake ousting is kind of demeaning to women I think it's, a, it's it, I, I don't particularly like it but people can do what they want to do Runa was in the dock wasn't she fully veiled black gloves burqa niqab to obscure her face in court yesterday how does that sit with you I, I, a, I don't particularly like the outfit. I think it is demeaning and, and, and controlling of women. But in, in in a court of law, is that is that appropriate to to have one's face hidden? Do you think, Zafar? Well, look, this is a, this is a free country and free society, and mm. is that a side of argument? And um, I think we 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 have a healthy debate both uh, within Muslim communities mm. and in the wider society. And uh, this practice of dressing is not a prevalent or wide practice within Muslim mm. community. And there's a diversity of how people dressed. But I, I think uh, there's one particular approach, and that is, or, or, or a principle that uh, women, men and women, dress modestly. Mm. Uh, and I suppose that is no, uh, you know, it's, Islam is, in its strict sense, is not uh, no exception to maybe Christianity or other faiths. So there is a dress code, but uh, exactly what that yeah. dress code is, is a debate. But this, I think, is a, a, perhaps an extreme, extreme uh, a form of, if you like, being pious and, and so on. But there, there is a, a there's a healthy debate yeah. on, on the full niqab. Well, we may anyway, continue that this right through Right throughout the yeah. Muslim world, not just uh, in Luton or, or Britain. Zafid, speaking of clothing, are we wearing the same shirt this morning? We're, we're, we're <laughs> no. wearing a very, very similar shirt this morning. Look at I, this. I think... I, I, don't I know. think yours is a bit smarter. I, no, no. I think mine is a bit... Uh, I think... Um, yeah, it's... A, uh, the more... I think yours is a bit lighter. A bit than lighter. Mine. Okay, they're very similar. Yeah. Excellent taste in clothes. Zafar, always nice to see you. Thank, <laughs> Thank you so you. much for coming in. Zafar Khan there, right. chairs the Luton Council of Faith. Your th- thoughts on that, please? 08459 555. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, two lanes are closed at Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead because of an accident involving a car and a van. On the M25, anti-clockwise, there's still a lane closed between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar. It's causing queues now from Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey. Having a look elsewhere on the M25, anti-clockwise is looking very slow between Junction 17 for Mabel Cross and 16 for the M40. It's all moving fine on the M40 up to the M25, but as soon as you get onto the A40, it's been an accident at the... uh, at the Western Avenue between the Swakeley's roundabout and the Hillingdon Circus. That has now been cleared, but there's been a second accident between the Target roundabout and the Greenford flyover, so that's causing queues again from the Swakeley's roundabout. In Bromham, on Bromham Road, it's looking very busy eastbound between the Branston Way and Shakespeare Road. There's no reports of any problems at the moment on the trains. Smart the Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much.
7.17. It is uh, Friday the 12th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman from Luton is starting a five-year jail term for inciting terrorism on the internet. A 12-year-old girl has been killed crossing a grid road in Milton Keynes. The incident happened yesterday at around 5.15 in the evening. And councils made more than £600 million in profit from parking charges last year. That's according to a report by the RAC Foundation. That sounds to me brilliant. If they're making money out of parking, good news for them. BBC Three Counties Radio. want to pay a parking fine well don't park when and where you shouldn't every weekday morning you can book your place on the show now jonathan vernon smith come on and get some help get some assistance tackling your consumer problems i couldn't trace and account in any of the names or any of the addresses that were given for it to be running for six weeks and then for them to cut it all off again just doesn't make any sense the jvs show fights for your rights he came to me and asked if i could go and have a word with said bank i had an email from the bank to say that you've been in touch with them and the senior customs relation manager was most apologetic thankfully you managed to get your money back yep but that was due to obviously your station itself the jvs show weekdays from nine on Um, bbc three counties radio is this a genuine tweet from someone who set up an account just to send this tweet this morning kelly discovered that the song lola is about a transvestite Mm -hmm. right particularly convincing at lg thomas 18 Utterly offensive broadcasting. Discrimination of transgendered people. Complaint submitted to the BBC. Regards. Why? I, I, think, I think it's serious. I've clicked on their account, and that's, they've only sent two tweets. Both of them are that. Um, uh, what? <laughs> what? That is what the song's about. That's what the song's about. And Kelly didn't know that's what it was about, and she now knows. If anything, we're educating people about transgender issues, aren't we? Aren't we? Wow, listen, guys, some people really need, um, well, A, to get a life and, and, and B, to jog on. But thank you for the tweet. It's great to know that you're listening, and I'm sure the BBC look forward to wasting their time dealing with that complaint. 08459 555. I'm not a fan of the burqa in the niqab, and it's weird because I'm kind of, um, people can do what they want to do and where they want to do it as long as they're not hurting anyone, you know, peace and love, man. But I think, I, I find the, the, the whole face veil thing, I find it, um, um, well, it's controlling of women, isn't it? And there will be women listening who go, well, hang on, no, I choose to wear it. But I think it's demeaning and, and, and controlling, and um, I, 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 I find it a little bit um, uh, bordering on offensive. I think, I think. Those are my thoughts on it. And women will be listening and going, well, hey, hang on, I choose to wear it, but... I wonder whether there's an element as well of... OK, showing off. Oh. The whole idea is that you are modest. Yeah. But that is making a huge statement, isn't yeah. it? That's, yeah. That is kind of look at me, look at me, isn't it? And sometimes the eyes, their eyes... Oh, you could just drown in those eyes, couldn't you? Well... Well, that's what you've got to focus on. Sometimes the eye... I don't know. It's something that sits uncomfortably with me. And, and, and that's because we're not used to seeing it. Well, it doesn't... Possibly. Well, no, I remember seeing, seeing um, people, you know, women in the full, full uh, kit uh, as a kid. I remember at the time, you know, as a seven-year-old, being in central London and, um, and laughing at them and thinking, oh, that's funny. Look, you know, look at that. It looked like a post box. That was kind of the joke that my dad made to me. I, I now see beyond that and see that it is, you know, it's, it's a choice they wear. And it doesn't scare me. It doesn't, uh, um, doesn't scare me at all. I just think, I don't think it's appropriate. It, it's, I, I certainly don't think it's appropriate in certain circumstances, and I would say in a court of law it's inappropriate. 
I think you need to see someone's face in a court of law. But in this case, I think it is fairly uh, safe to say that this woman was doing it to make a statement. Oh, yeah. In this case, definitely. I don't think she should be allowed to make that statement in a court of law. Walking down the high street, I couldn't care less. You know, do what you want. I, I, I do think it's, it's demeaning to women. I do think it's controlling. Uh, uh, and it's, it's men uh, controlling women. OK, but that's, they're involved in that relationship. That's their deal. Um, by the way, if you disagree, you can give us a call 0859 oh. 555. Yeah, don't just complain to the BBC. You, I mean, you Let's can do that as well. Let's have a conversation about it. Um, uh, but but and if you do it in the street, fine. Um, but in a court of law, I think it's inappropriate. And, um, you know, there's, every now and then a story pops up about a, 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 a teacher wearing one. I think it's probably inappropriate for a teacher. And uh, for a pupil to wear one... Why do you think it's inappropriate for a teacher to wear one? Because they're communicating with their face. A big point, point of it is communication through the face. And I think that, the, that you need to um, be able to express yourself completely. I don't think you can if all you can see is, is that. I don't think you can. Education's about communication and mm. connection, and I think you're missing that. Uh, what do I think about a pupil wearing one? Don't know. I'm erring on the side of it, sits uncomfortably with me, but I don't have a particularly good argument for it. As a it. teacher, I'd want to be able to see that someone was understanding. Yeah. And I'd want to be able to read... I'd want to be able to read their faces. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. You can tell an awful lot. Some people won't put their hands up and say, I don't get it, but you can tell from their faces. They're pulling the, huh? Oh, wow. Face. 08459 555. My wildly... We don't normally talk about this kind of stuff, but it's, it's, it seems pertinent today. By the way, we've had a tweet through from uh, Michael, who says, from Ian's earlier comments, should you be wish congratulations, big in some areas, or is that a jump too far? Uh, I think he thinks I'm uh, pregnant. No, oh. I'm not. By the way, thanks uh, anyway. Uh, LG Thomas eighteen has tweeted again the third time the same tweet, but this time he's included you in it. Oh, good. Okay. Utterly offensive broadcasting discrimination of transgender people complaints. How can we be discriminatory of transgender people when Paul Scoynes often works on this show? For goodness sakes, guys. Oh eight four five nine. There's 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 the complaint now. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now someone is killing deer in Welling Garden City. Four have been found dead and in bits in the space of a month. In some cases, only the heads were left. Well, joining me now is Derek Stimpson from the British Deer Society. Morning, Derek. Good morning to is, you. Is this, um, does this happen often? Uh, well, um, what, from the description that I've had um, when Alice called me yesterday, this sounds like poaching. Mm. Um, poaching, of course, is illegal killing of deer, and poachers are not interested in the deer's welfare or anything else. So um, they will, instead of, as we, British Deer Society, recommend if culling has to be done, it's done by trained responsible people. Poachers are simply looking for meat to sell, and will catch deer, shoot them with small rifles, or catch them with dogs, lurchers, kill them with knives. So it wouldn't, be a, it wouldn't be a clean kill, whereas if it was a cull, you, you, uh, or, or if, if you're a legitimate hunter with a licence, um, you, you would be going for the clean kill? That is what we would be seeking, yes, for, uh, from the deer's point of view. Poachers, you mentioned a head being found. Clearly, when the deer's been killed, um, if you're going to use the meat, you take off the legs and head, uh, clean out the stomach, and then take the carcass away. So very often poaching activity is only discovered when the farmer finds heads and legs in a field um, or wherever they were found in Wellin. And uh, if the poachers are disturbed, they see lights and move off, then you might find a whole carcass of a deer that's been killed badly because they've run off and left it. 
Poaching seems such an old-fashioned word. I have images of uh, Seth Armstrong on Emmerdale Farm. I wasn't aware that it still it, it, it still went on. Uh, sadly, that is the case. Um, venison is excellent meat. Um, deer that are cold in this country are um, usually go into the food chain um, through a game dealer or another legitimate source, uh, being tagged, having been examined, and so on. Um, but uh, clearly carcasses are worth money, um, and that is what poachers are after. What's a deer worth? How, how much do you, do, um, could someone get for this? Well, then it depends on the carcass, uh, meat damage, and so on. Yeah. A clean carcass uh, might fetch um, between a pound or two pounds, uh, a pound or a kilo, depending on the yeah. game dealer and the quality. There are various types of meat, um... Across the south of England, um, well, generally in England, deer are very successful. Mm. And we now have very large quantities of deer. They're breeding um, more and more people, of course. So people come into contact with deer more and more. Um, and they do need culling. Uh, we have six species in this country. Um, the ones probably seen most in the south are roe deer, which are the small native deer that you see in gardens. Mm. Um, in urban circumstances, but through the countryside, uh, and fallow, which are herd deer and in large numbers. Um, so poachers are looking for that, and if they can get onto fallow, it's a bigger carcass, um, but they'll, they'll go for anything. Derek, listen, thank you very much indeed. Derek Stimson from the British Deer Society. What a macabre thing to uh, to come across uh, in the woods, a, a deer's head. Isn't that horrible? Yeah, thank you very much. For we'll speak to Justin. Justin Dealey, I've never seen him so outraged in a production meeting. He sat there just shaking his head while you were presenting the story. I said, what's, what's, what's your beef, Just? And this is just, this is disgusting, these people. They're scum. Well, he's assuming scum. they're doing it for fun, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I suspect, I suspect Derek's spot on there, that it, it, it's a poaching thing. There's a lot of good meat on a deer. Never eaten deer. Oh, I, oh, I Is love that venison? venison? I love it. In right. fact, we're having it for tea tonight. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, do you win the lottery or something? No, it's not that expensive. Well, I mean, all meat's expensive, isn't it? But, uh, you know, treat yourself now and again. Um, uh, so Gorgeous. It's, and there's very little fat on it. Oh, I might have a... But you're doing it in a casserole. Yeah. I don't like stews. You'd like mine? No. Uh, how many dumplings are you having? Two big ones? Not having dumplings. What? You can't have a stew without dumplings. Get a couple of big dumplings and, and um, get your stew splashed all over them. Putting cranberries in it. Oh, what? Mm. The pop group? <laughs> she doesn't oh. even know who they are. Yeah, bitch. Did you have to let it linger? Did you have to? Did you have to? Did you have to let it linger? I thought the world of ye, but I can't see. That's actually quite good. Thank you. I'm also going to stick some chestnuts in. (laughs) Oh, lovely chestnuts. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M1 northbound, two lanes are closed at Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead because of an accident. It's causing queues back to Junction 6A for the M25. We've just been updated by caller Steve, who says it's very, very busy through there, but it's looking fine on the southbound carriageway at the moment. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there's a lane closed between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar that's causing queues from Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey at the moment. In Palmer's Green on the North Circular Road, it's very slow between the Clockhouse Interchange and Bounds Green Road. And in Bromham, on Bromham Road, it's looking very busy as well between the Branston Way and the Ashburnham Road. On the A1 southbound, it's very busy now between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Hat Roundabout through the roadworks, but no problems reported so far on the trains. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Why, thank you, Samantha. Why is everyone being a, a, a bell on Twitter today? So we've got this fella complaining I'm discriminating against transgender people, and Andy McClelland, who always likes having a pop, but hasn't got the gojones to phone in, I'm on my way to work, whatever. Uh, it says, Shouldn't be uh, tweeting then. See your strong Struggling with the Muslim debate, torn between being PC and saying what you really think. Cringe radio. I said everything that I really thought. What do you think I was holding back from, Andy? What was it you thought that I wanted to say that didn't say? Let's have a little peek into into your mind, shall we? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A mother from Luton is starting a five-year jail term for inciting terrorism on the internet. The court heard how Runa Khan wanted her six young children to become jihadi fighters. A 12-year-old girl has been killed crossing a grid road in Milton Keynes. The incident happened yesterday evening at around 5.15 on the V8 Marlborough Street dual carriageway near Netherfield. Councils made more than £660 million in profit from parking charges last year. The figures were compiled by the RAC Foundation. Foundation, and the water industry regulator is expected to announce a cut in bills for many households. Charges are likely to fall by around 5%. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tottenham and Everton both lost their Europa League matches last night, but both were already through to the knockout stages. Spurs lost 1-0 in Turkey to Besiktas. Everton lost 1-0 at home to Krasnodar. Sir Elton John will be at Watford's match with Wigan tomorrow as the Hornets name the new stand after the former chairman, his manager Slavisa Jokanovic. I was be one time in the, in the one concert in Las Vegas uh, many years uh, ago, but he has many, many famous uh, songs and uh, he helped us here in uh, in this club and I tell you it's, uh, his influence in around the world is uh, very very big Milton Keynes-Dons travel to League One promotion rivals Preston in League Two Luton go to Morecambe playing for the inaugural Eric Morecambe Trophy as well as League Points here's Hatter's boss John Steele he just had a way of being funny and that you know simplicity is genius just a funny person just come into a room and say something that you might say or I might say the genius is have, have a way of sort of putting things over, and uh, I think that you know even my kids, and I'm sure their kids will grow up knowing about Morecambe and Wise because they're always on telly. Also in League Two, Stevenage are away to Newport, Wickham host Southend. In rugby, Bedford are returned to the Cornish Pirates tomorrow with a two o'clock kickoff at Goldington Road in the British and Irish Cup. And in ice hockey, Milton Keynes Lightning host Basingstoke tomorrow night with a 7pm face-off. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at eight. Where I'll 
Four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone. I miss Justin Daly. Can we? Try? I know Justin's kind of driving around. Can we get um, a bit of Daly action going at some point? This, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This, this, I want to talk to him about what gives him a tingle. I met uh, Kevin. Stay there. I say, say we've had an email from the Ukraine. We've had an email from the Ukraine. Except it's not called the Ukraine. It's called Ukraine. Right. From Stuart. It's about what makes people tingle. Why are we talking about this? Because there, are, there is a certain undercurrent of people who use the internet who uh, like to follow people who post videos of, yeah. I don't know, folding towels or shirts yeah. or wrapping presents. Yeah. It's about neatness, isn't it? Well, it gives... It's, I Precision. Think, no, I think what it's about is it's about the, the monotony of it that kind of sends you into a zen, trance-like state. Oh, really? I think that's what it is. Uh, Stuart says, what makes me tingle? Some of these are good, some of these are rubbish. Um, oh, no. So <laughs> Stuart sent me another email saying, sorry, I'm actually from Woburn Sands. I'm visiting my girlfriend for a week in Ukraine. But he's still in Ukraine. Still in Ukraine and he's Still listening to this rubbish. Yes. What makes me tingle? Well, I love it when I go abroad listening to um, foreign radio stations. Oh, it's my favourite thing, even if I don't understand it. I love it. Sevilla. Oh, you had to do the, the language. <laughs> What makes me tingle, says Stuart, in Ukraine, but formerly of Woburn Sands, is walking on a new field of snow where no one else has been and the crunching noise. I don't like the crunching noise. It's like um, tearing cloth and wool apart. (laughs) Also, seeing fork lightning. No, rubbish. The smell of petrol. Yes. No. Yes. Makes you feel sick. Oh, it gives me a high. The sound of electricity in a large transformer or pylon. Yeah. Yeah, baby. No. And an amazing view. No, that's um, limp. I like a new whiteboard pen. I like clean sheets. Oh, yes. After a shower. Yeah. I After like... a shower, clean pyjamas, mm. new sheets. 
towels that still smell of the washing powder. I like, I put my uh, Jimmy Jams on the radiators last night. Yes. Warm Jimmy Jams. Do it to your socks as well. Oh. I went out with a boy once. Who, oh, yeah. Whose oh, mum, whose grandma, when he stayed at his grandma's, yeah. he, he, she'd put his pants on the radiator so he had warm pants. <sighs> That's weird, isn't it? No. That's like someone's no, worn them nice. before you. No, that is very, very kind. I don't like a... Probably best I turn your microphone down. <laughs> yeah, I think it's best. <laughs> is it warm toilet seat? She was going to take. Oh, it oh no! Although in Japan, you they can get heated ones. Heated ones. I like I the heated like ones. I don't like it. It means someone's been there for a long time before you. <laughs> the toilet seat in um, the last Big Brother house, uh, you could heat. Why? I don't know what's happening in the next uh, Big Brother toilet because I'm not working on it. They, Are you not? They sack me. Well, I say sack. They, 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 I'm not going back. Why? Anyway, what? How come? Because I'm too brilliant for them. I like to tell myself. Let them try I it agree for, with you. Let them try it for two weeks without you. We'll have you here. Kevin! Good morning, Kevin. Hey, good morning, Ian. What you got for us, boss? Well, we were just, uh, we were just having a chat about this, uh, this Nihad debate that yeah. you were having. Yeah. And thought it was very interesting. We came across the point and wanted to know what you thought of it. Yes. What would happen to society if we had a National Nihad Day? Where everyone in society, men and women, were to wear the Nihad. What do you think would happen? I'm trying to really put a point across, but I... Part of me thinks that we would, uh... It, there would be anarchy. The, but it would what? Part of me thinks there would be anarchy. And why would there be anarchy? Well, no one would know who was what. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't, you? I don't, Kevin. There, there wouldn't be anarchy. But if it, if really? well, th- yeah, there, there would be a little bit of confusion. There, there wouldn't be uh, l'anarchie, as they say dans la Francais. Um, and also, it wouldn't happen. Men, men don't, men don't wear it. Well, we've actually had in the news that men have been wearing it, haven't we? Well, well, we've had two fellas a few years ago that tried to escape from uh, from being arre- arrested by wearing it. Yeah, so there's two yeah, men. Two men. But I mean, how do, how do you feel about the knee? Are you comfortable with it? They don't tend to fit me. Ah, I don't like it because I think it's sexist and degrading, and it's it's uh, men uh, exerting control over women, and it's a misinter. It's not an Islamic thing; it's a cultural thing. It's not a religious thing, and I think it's based on a misinterpretation of uh, 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 the Quran. So I, I don't mind if I see it in the street. I don't mind if I see it in a restaurant or a hotel or in a shop. No, I don't, I, hello. I don't have a problem yeah. with that. I don't think it's appropriate in a court of law. I don't think teachers should wear it, and I'm erring on the side of I don't think pupils should be wearing it. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I'll follow you on that one, boss. Thank you, Kevin. Well, I'm glad we sorted that one out. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Ken says I suggest there is a link between moderate and extreme Islam. Do we want to go down this route? Let me just. Say it's Christian. Yeah, okay. I don't particularly want to go down. But thank you, Kim. I've got a text from Pat. Yeah. Uh, Muslims are not all the same, but. Um, no, morning, Pat. It is just it, it, that it is Muslims in this country that are being arrested for terrorist offences. Hmm. And the face veil covering becomes another barrier to integration. The face veil should be banned immediately because well, I see this kind of dress code as a copy now of the IS dress and it's very threatening. You, well, you see it that way, Pat. Yeah, and I don't... I don't... Oh God, this is... This, 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 you know, my, my, I'm contradicting myself internally. I don't think you can ban 
You can't ban certain types of clothing. I think that would be inappropriate. That is, is, is uh, once you no, start banning... because I'd like people to pull the trousers up properly, but I can't yeah. enforce that. Once you, you ban a certain style of dress, then um, you, you... It's the thin end of the wedge, I think. I'm struggling I mean, to, to put forward a good argument for this, Freedom but. of expression in the yes. way that you dress. Yep. It's important. Yep. It's important. It's important to a lot of people. Remember when you were a teenager and you went out looking like a Wally? You uh, knew that you were doing it, <laughs> despite your mum's uh, your preferences so, for you to wear sensible slacks, but you did it anyway because you were rebelling. Can I just ask you, Catherine, are you saying that Muslim women in the niqab look like Wallies? No, I'm not. I'm just saying that... Because that could be... But, judging by our listeners today, they can interpret no, it like that. No, whose approval are you seeking? I don't think we should start legislating for a certain standardised version of what is acceptable dress. I'm happy to talk about the niqab and the, the, the full face veil because it's in the, story, in the papers today with uh, Runa Khan, this woman who's been sent to prison for five years for inciting terrorism. She was wearing it in the court. So I'm kind of happy to talk about that. I don't particularly, and can I appreciate your email and some of the text we have, I don't particularly want to do the are Muslims good or bad conversation. It's been done a million times. Uh, I'll tell you the answer. No, not all Muslims are bad. Some of them are. Some Christians are bad. Some atheists are bad. Some Sikhs are bad. Some black people are bad. Some white people. Are, do you know what I mean? Human so I'm not, beings. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to do that kind of whole Muslim debate because other people do it and do it better than I could, and it doesn't really interest me. I think it's a flawed argument. But I'm, I guess because we've mentioned it, that we we can talk about the niqab, the burqa, the full face veil, and 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 kind of how appropriate is it? But then again, can we have um, sensible conversations? Suggesting that we have a a national niqab day where we all dress up in it. Where does that take us? You know, that doesn't take us anywhere, does it? Really? Akbar's in Luton. Good morning, Akbar. Uh, good morning, uh, Ian. What would you like to say, boss? Uh, boss, I would like to say that uh, this Runa um, Khan story is uh, is a multi-dimensional story because yes. uh, she was allowed to wear uh, and keep her face covered uh, in the court. I mean, some kind of special arrangements were uh, were made between the judge, prosecutors, and the defense team. Yes, uh, and. Uh, uh, I, I as, a, as, a, as, a, as a citizen of this country and this society, I think she shouldn't uh, uh, have been allowed to uh, keep her face covered in the court. Now, the burqa is, um, has been used uh, in a uh, couple of uh, uh, terrorism activities. And uh, it only survives because the Home Secretary um, is on the, on, the, on the side of this uh, woman choice thing and, and uh, she's afraid of uh, a woman living argument. Uh, Can I just ask Akbar, clarify this for me. I think I know the answer, but I want to make sure that I'm clear and my listeners are clear. Which is the one where all you can see is the eyes? It's a niqab. That's the niqab, isn't it? And so yeah. the... Yeah. Uh, uh, um, and so the... the, the um, what's the other one? I'm getting confused now. The burqa. The burqa, the burqa you can see the face. No, you can't. It covers, um, covers, covers your oh. face. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're, you're um, saying she yeah. shouldn't have worn it in court? No, no. She, she, she shouldn't have been allowed. Akbar, listen, thank you very much indeed. And the reason, I think, and it's an obvious argument, it's an argument that loads of people put forward is, because you, you, you want to know if people are telling the truth or not, and that is done through looking at face. <laughs> you're there to be judged, aren't you? Yeah. The jury needs to be able to judge your reaction. And you, don't, you can't dictate the rules in the court, unfortunately. No one can dictate the rules in the court, only the judge. The judge is da boss in da court. And um, it feels to me, and I'm just kind of saying this as it pops into my head, it feels to me wearing a niqab in uh, court is disrespectful to the whole procedure of the court. And uh, you, you have to show respect to the court. And if you don't, 
then uh, th- I think that says a lot about you and that should be affected in your sentence. That should be reflected in your sentence, I think. So I'm, I'm kind of having these thoughts out loud. So I've never really bothered to think about it that much. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Are we playing some Eric Morecambe in a bit? Yeah, we are. Fantastic. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound, two lanes are closed between Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead and 6A for the M25. Uh, That's where the queues are back to the M25 because of an accident involving a car and a van. We've just heard from caller Ian that emergency services are there on the scene at the moment. But it's also looking quite slow on the M1 towards London. People are slowing down to look at the accident by Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there's a lane closed between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar. That's because of a breakdown and it's causing queues to Junction 25. 26 for Waltham Abbey and on the A1M southbound it's looking very busy between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. In Bramham on Bramham Road it's looking very slow between the Branston Way and Shakespeare Road on the speed sensors and the A1 southbound is also very slow between the St Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout through the roadworks. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Samantha. 7.46, it's Friday the 12th of December. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman from Luton is starting a five-year jail term for inciting terrorism on the internet. A 12-year-old girl has been killed crossing a grid road in Milton Keynes. The incident happened yesterday evening at around 5.15. And councils made more than £600 million in profit from parking charges last year. Let's get the weather, here's Alina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning to you, Ian. We've had a lot of rain through this morning, but the worst of that now easing away south and eastwards. Still quite windy, and we do have a wind warning from the Met Office, a yellow warning for the wind uh, for the next couple of hours. Still some gusts in excess of 50 miles an hour, but those two should start to ease down. And then for most, a reasonable day in store now that early rain has gone. One or two showers around, but also some good spells of hazy sunshine and much lighter winds by this afternoon. Highs of 8 or 9 Celsius, fairly close to what we've got at the moment, but those temperatures will drop away overnight under clear skies. A widespread frost as temperatures fall to minus 2 Celsius. So a crisp, frosty start tomorrow, but plenty of winter sunshine. Mainly blue skies, barely a cloud in the sky. A high of 5 Celsius, 41 degrees Fahrenheit, but light wind, so always pleasant enough in the sunshine. A frost will quickly reform again tomorrow night, but it won't last all night because a cloud will be building, the winds will be strengthening, and come Sunday we're back to those milder, windier conditions with some outbreaks of rain during the afternoon. BBC Three Counties weather, I'm Alina Jenkins. Thank you, Alina. The BBC Sports Personality of the Year. And the winner is David Beckham. Paula Radcliffe. Bradley Wiggins. Chris Hall. Andy Murray. Just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Celebrate this year's sporting superstars at the biggest awards night in sport. I'm obviously really humbled. It's such a big honour even to hold this trophy. Thank you very much to everyone. What a year. The BBC Sports Personality of the Year. Live from Glasgow. Sunday night from 8 on BBC One and BBC One HD. Tony's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Tony. Good morning, Ian. What would you like to say? Um, dress codes. If you go into a building society wearing a full face, I don't think there's any res- restrictions or a bank for uh, a woman. But if you go in there with a balaclava on, you'll be on the floor in four seconds flat. Because you're not aware- allowed to wear balaclavas or-, or crash helmets, for obvious reasons. Yes. So, what's stopping a bank robber wearing a full face outfit? 
how they're going to get through that. I wonder if the banks or building societies have changed their rules on wearing a. Be tough face. for them to escape, wouldn't it? Because it's it's kind of like a long flowing um, outfit, isn't it? That touches the floor, uh, so they, they they wouldn't be able to run very fast. I should think they probably would do. They probably put a gusset in it, but uh, a gusset. Yes. We don't, say, we don't say the word gusset enough on this show. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I suppose so. I wonder how many times it's happened. Probably not many. No, but I know that two men recently in the news were wearing the full, full veil, weren't they? I forget what the incident was now. Well, 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 I know it happened about seven years ago. No, but something more recently than that, I think there was some form of a... Uh, uh, a hold-up or, or a crime committed with them wearing it. But two, but two's not that many, is it? What, 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 do we, what else do we ban in that case? Do we ban stockings? Yeah, well, or, or tights. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't see robbers with, with tights over their heads anymore, do you, Tony? Only co-joined twins. That's, those are the fellas. Thank you very much indeed. Gary's in Ellsbury. Morning, Gary. Good morning. What you got for us? No, it's just this, this thing with the, 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 the face veil. Yes. Um, in, in, in our courts and in our law, we have the right to face an accuser. You know, how can you face an accuser with somebody that's wearing a mask? In the 70s and the 80s, when they arrested the terrorists in Northern Ireland, Bobby Sands wasn't allowed to wear a mask. This lady's been nicked for terrorism. Right. You know, she's lost the right to cover her face. I'm not talking about her religion, what they do in their own homes, what they do walking around the street. You know, I can understand that. Um, and I, I, I disagree with it greatly. I think women are very, very, very put on. I think this is all uh, a male control and dominated things to start with. But in court, you, you, you don't wear a mask. People should be able to see what you've done, should be able to see who you are. Well, I don't know... She was found guilty. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily um, a, a, a law that you have to... that, that uh, the accuser has the right to face... I think you find if you go back in time, you'll find it's actually mm. written in there somewhere. Okay. Well, I've not heard of that before, but I do think that in in um, uh, you know in a court of law, it's kind of. Are you putting your hand up, Catherine? Yeah, there's are you a really good point here on the t- on the text. Go on. That might um, solve a few of these things. I think the reason says Mark in Bedford, she was allowed to wear the veil is that she pleaded guilty, and therefore there was no jury. If she had contested the charge, she probably would have had to remove it so the jury could judge her reaction to the questions. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. But there is, an also, there is also a thing about the press yeah. reporting these things. They should be allowed to report these things. They should be able to take photographs of this lady. They have, well, how, do we know, how, how do we know who she is? She was on Newsnight last night. Yes, what, without the, the, the face veil. But, but the, the, the press don't have the right to tell somebody to, to how they dress. No, no, no. Unless their shirt's strobing. I didn't, didn't, I didn't say that. I said they have the right to report. Yeah. Right, and how can they report properly when somebody's wearing a face veil? This woman's a terrorist. I'm sorry, she's a terrorist. They're trying to kill us. Would it make any difference if you knew what she looked like? Well, well, of course it does. Well, what difference would it? Well, what difference would it make if you knew what? If you knew Gary, what she looked like? It's a woman to avoid. I don't want to know this person. Well, she'll be she'll be in prison. She'll be, in, she'll be, in, she'll be yeah, in prison, she be so you'll be avoiding her. She'll be now, but she still should... Why, why, why is it OK for me to go to court yeah. and be arrested, safe yeah. for terrorism? I go and stand in the dock, my pipe face is plastered all over the world. Yeah. This lady goes into the dock, nothing. Gary, listen, thank you for that. I don't know my thoughts on this, which is why I'm struggling a bit. Here's a question. Is she allowed to wear it in prison? Well, surely if it's all women in there, she won't have to. Uh, there'll be male guards. Mm. Is she allowed to wear it in prison? Good question. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five.
Now, Eric Morecambe, we all love a bit of... Uh, Eric, there are very few comedians uh, that, that everybody loves. Uh, there, there's, I can't think of many that everybody loves. And that you can listen to from years ago and it doesn't sound really old-fashioned. I watched a great documentary on Spike Milligan, but even he divided people. Even some people thought he was too silly and he was too too nonsensical. I'm trying to think. Um, Frankie Howard? I guess he divided people. But everyone loves Eric Morecambe. Yeah. Everyone does. He's the universal. He was also uh, a big fan of Luton Town. Is that true? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still uh, on telly. Well, don't you did, remember? I don't, well, we've got a clip of him. This is, this is uh, Eric Morecambe with a young Des Lynham uh, in the commentary box. Luton have got a free kick coming up now. Which Bobby Thompson is just going to take. It's there! It's there! Hey! How about that? How about that? Anderson from a Bobby Thompson free kick. Hey, knockout! That's fabulous, that. Well, I cannot tell you how excited I am and genuinely honoured. We've got uh, Eric's son, Gary, on the line. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Ian. What's it like to have uh, a dad that absolutely everybody loves? Well, it's very strange. It's interesting you were talking about the comedy as the the root reason why everyone loves him so much, but I think it actually um, goes beyond that. I think there's... uh, there are some people that just get in the psyche somehow and um, it just works for some reason that you can't analyse or explain and it's just there and we experienced that yesterday in Morecambe with the statue. So This was, this was the, um, uh, the, the, the... Remind us what this statue is, exactly what this is. This is all that was vandalised, isn't it? That's correct, yeah. Well, yeah, it was vandalised by someone, sadly, who wasn't very well and um, I don't think it re- even remained a police matter. <laughs> it became a hospital matter. Right. So, um, but it was all dealt with, and um, you know, you accept these things that happens, and it went away to be repaired, and it was never designed to be taken down. And I think that the people of Lanc- Lancashire, in fact, rather than just Morecambe, they were kind of really almost bereft that the statue that was meant to be a permanent um, remembrance to Eric was taken uh, down to be repaired for three, two or three months. But now, yesterday was the re-unveiling mm. of the statue, uh, which was a quite affair, very nice, and lots of people turned down. It was lovely. And now this, there is a, an Eric Morecambe trophy that Luton Town are, are, are playing for tomorrow, aren't they? They are indeed. What a shame Luton are going to win. Oh, no, I shouldn't say that, should I? <laughs> <laughs> what, no, where where did the nice idea time. for this come from? <laughs> Sorry, where? Where did the idea for this come from? I think it came partly from uh, the sculptor, uh, Graham Iverson, who did the statue. It's uh, basically a miniature uh, of the statue, uh, which he's painted in, in a gold colour. Um, and then they had to approach the, the FA, I believe, and it was all cleared because of Eric's connections to both Morecambe Football Club and Luton. And uh, this, this Saturday will be the first match for it. And we went to the Globe Arena yesterday and it was lovely. And we were very well looked after. Um, I'm being very frivolous when I talk about Luton winning it. Well, why... Now, listen, because I didn't know that your dad was a fan of Luton. How did that happen? Um, when he had his first heart attack in 1968, um, he had to have a six-month-to-a-year recovery, and he was always mad about football. And it was a toss-up, really, between Luton and Watford, and Watford were playing away. So he went to Luton, and he said to me, you know, you like football, come along with me. So... That was the beginning, and then he got recognised, of course, and then he was made a director, and he had a a lifelong affiliation with the club. It must have been... I mean, was it weird going... I suppose you were used to it, because he was one of the most famous people in the country, that that everyone recognised him. Yes, you just accepted it, really. And you've got to bear in mind that when you've lived with it from, you know, the word go, it's not unusual, because 
it's all you're used to. Yeah. So when people say to me, what was it like having him as a dad? I always say, well, I don't know what it's like having him not as a dad. It's just, it's one of those scenarios. But he was extraordinary. The, the older I get, I'm older than he was now when he died. Wow. And, and I reflect back and I do think, God, actually, when I think about it, he was very different. <laughs> was, was, he, was he different? Obviously, there was, would have been a difference. But how, how much of the Eric Morecambe character did he bring home with him? About 95%. Oh, blimey, really? I bet that was exhausting for everyone. <laughs> and for him, actually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, he was so wired with it all. And, he, you know, he used to wake up in the morning and he wasn't thinking about what's for breakfast. He was thinking about what, what could he observe that's funny. You know, that's how his mind worked. And, uh, you know, the, the Morecambe and Wise is now, you know, A, it's, it's a legendary comedy that everyone kind of looks back on fondly, but it's also, they're also so associated with Christmas. Very, oh, that's, that's a really strong area. Yeah. But also, you know, um, they're also contemporary, which is really bizarre to even say that. Yeah. You know, there are still plays out there about Morecambe and Wise. They still get shown at prime time, you know, on prime time TV. Oh, still get huge audiences. And still get big audiences. And, and there's still a little cottage industry that we're all involved in. And it's, and it's wonderful. What a testament to their talent. Gary, listen, you must be, you must be so proud of your dad and, uh, and what he achieved. You. Oh, totally. God, it's been my life, you know, from about the age of five when I understood it. Uh, I've really devoted a lot of my life, and in the last ten years, probably, you know, most of it goes into, into more common wise related things. I'm just yeah. being told by... What are you saying in my I'm ear? I'm just saying that I've read your book, Gary. It's brilliant, and I must lend it to Ian. He needs to read it. It was such a, be- uh, a beautiful book. Now, which book's that? It sounds very immodest to say Oh, my that. gosh! <laughs> which one which from my one? repertoire? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can't remember. I think it was the newest one. I bought it a couple oh, of years that, ago. Oh, that's the big yellow one that has um, lots of memorabilia built into it. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, that's a fabulous book. Oh, thank you for that. That's no, I really enjoyed it. Great I really fun. Enjoyed the publishers it. did us proud on that. Gary, listen, it's, I'm, I'm so thrilled that you've, you've come on the show. It's a real pleasure to that's talk to you. And, and Yeah, no, thank you very much. And uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that Luton kick him in the backside, shall come we? Come on, you hatters. <laughs> yeah, come on, well, you I hatters. Should, I shouldn't say that. Maybe a draw. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, uh, listen, have a great Christmas. And uh, wonderful to talk to you. There you go. Gary Morecambe, Eric Morecambe's son. I'm all, I'm all, uh, I'm all aglow. Wasn't he lovely? Tingles, you see. Tingles. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound, two lanes are closed at Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. It's causing queues from the M25 because of an accident. And it's also making it very slow on the southbound M1 past Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead, causing queues from Junction 9 for Redbourne, with people slowing down to look at that accident. Further afield on the M1 northbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 17 for Dunchurch and 18 for Rugby in the roadworks area. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, there's a lane closed between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar because of a breakdown. It's causing in queues to Junction 26 Waltham Abbey at the moment. In High Wycombe, London Road is looking very busy in both directions into High Wycombe, and there's no reports of any problems on the trains. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Oh, we're all, uh, we're talking about tingles. Speaking to Gary has given us all a little bit of, uh, bit of a thrill. We'll put that in the podcast in case you missed it. More of your calls after the news with a bit of Oxley banter. And vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's eight o'clock. The headlines. 12-year-old girl killed on Milton Keynes Grid Road. Mother from Luton starting jail term for inciting terrorism and poachers blamed after dead deer found in Hertfordshire. BBC Three Counties Radio. Police in Milton Keynes are appealing for witnesses after a 12-year-old girl was killed crossing one of the new city's grid roads. The incident happened at around 5.15 yesterday evening on the V8 Marlborough Street near Netherfield. More from Lee Agnew. Thames Valley Police say the girl was crossing the dual carriageway when she was in collision with a black VW Golf which was travelling northbound. The ambulance service attended, but the child who's from Milton Keynes was pronounced dead at the scene. Her next of kin have been informed. The car driver, a man in his 30s and also from Milton Keynes, was not injured. A mother from Luton is starting a five-year jail term for inciting terrorism on the internet. The court heard how Runa Khan wanted her six young children to become jihadi fighters in an exclusive BBC interview after being convicted, she said she had a duty to follow Islamic law. In the Holy Quran, it says the believing men and women are helpers of one another. So the role of the Muslim woman here is to encourage her men folk to go out and fight for the sake of God. The water industry regulator has ordered the water companies to cut their bills by 5% over the next five years. This would see average bills fall by about £20. But Anglian water customers will see the greatest percentage drop in yearly bills down by 10%. Councils made more than £660 million in profit from parking charges last year, according to figures compiled by the RAC Foundation. The Community Secretary, Eric Pickles, has accused local authorities of ripping off motorists from what he called the industrial use of CCTV spy cars. Three men and two teenagers said to be part of a gang of phone scammers targeting elderly people in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire have appeared in court. The five, who all come from the King's Cross area of London, were arrested on Tuesday, Hatfield Remand Court was told 19 cases totalling £100,000 were involved. Well, in Hatfield Council has confirmed several cases of deer being found dead in Welling Garden City. The most recent was found in Stanborough Green. In other cases, just the heads had been left. Derek Stimson is from the British Deer Society. Very often, poaching activity is only discovered when the farmer finds heads and legs in a field or wherever they were found in Welling. If the poachers are disturbed, they see lights and move off, then you might find a whole carcass of a deer that's been killed badly because they've run off and left it. A poll commissioned by the BBC suggests that 7% of the population, around 4 million people, expect to spend most of Christmas Day alone this year. The survey found men were more likely than women to be on their own. In sport, Tottenham and Everton both lost their Europa League matches last night, but both were already through to the knockout stages. And the weather, a cloudy, wet and windy start, but becoming drier and brighter during this morning with some sunny spells, winds easing, a maximum temperature 8 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Opening the doors on the biggest advent calendar in beds, hearts and bucks. Let's see who's behind door number 12. Nesta McGregor. My favourite Christmas memory. Mum, sorry if I'm going to get you into trouble. I grew up in one of the poorer areas of Jamaica. My mum knew someone who worked at an airport and basically Christmas time is when suitcases went missing. And I do remember my mum coming home with a suitcase and out of it popped a pair of Reebok pump trainers. There were two sizes too big for me, but I thought it was the greatest gift in the world. Building up to Christmas with BBC Three Counties Radio. So this fella on Twitter who thinks we were uh, offensive to transgenders, he sent me a very long email. 
An open letter of complaint. I listened to Ian Lee this morning, and as a proud transgender person, I must voice my outrage at the on-air conversation between the team. In reference to the song Lola by the Kinks, which in itself is an offensive song... Is it? I thought it was a no. dispute. I thought it was a story. What we've got here, uh, th- th- Thomas, is someone who is way too sensitive. In reference to the song Lola... I, I can, he's got one thing here that I could see might be a genuine beef, and I will apologise for okay. that if it's caused any offence. Okay, go There's on. one thing I can see that's got genuine beef. Um, in reference to the song Lola by the Kinks, which in itself is an offensive song... No, it's not. Ian showed a level of ignorance that baffled me. Oh. Don't know where. I found Ian to be fair and balanced, even sensitive in the past, but this latest incident is beyond the pale. Apart from uh, Mr Lee's general ignorance and attitude towards members of the transgender community... Excuse me. Now, here's the bit where I can kind of see that he may have an issue with... I don't see it myself, but I'm prepared to apologise for okay. it. He also used the word tranny. Um, OK, well, if... If tranny has trans... He says a a derogatory term on the same level as the N-word. Well, okay. if tranny has evolved into an offensive word, then you have my humblest apologies. Never my intention to use language that is is inappropriate or offensive. I would would dispute that it's, it's become an offensive word, but I'm not transgender, so perhaps it's not up to me to comment. So apologies for that. I am appalled at the nature of the entire morning team as they all partook in this travesty. They should all hang their heads in shame, but they won't. I would expect a public apology, at least from the BBC. Well, I've apologised for that one thing I think I've done wrong. But as I'm a member of the only community, transgender, in our civilised society, which it is still acceptable to openly discriminate against, I won't get anything except more ridicule. Well, you're wrong, uh, um, uh, Thomas. It's not... There are loads of other communities that uh, are discriminated against. And I think most of what you're saying there is nonsense. Chip shoulder? I don't know. Lola's not an offensive song. For do, go- do you know what would be good? Yeah. If, if you'd rung up and yeah. talk about this instead, instead of, of firing letters. Well, he's, he's, he's posted on my Facebook page. He's, he's, send, he's set up a Twitter account. to Just, just chill out, dude. If you're offended by the word tranny, then I apologise for that and I will, I will speak to some of my transgendered friends and I will kind of get the vibe in that world as to whether that word's offensive or as not. As for playing the kinks... Come on. Come on. You, you expect us to, to, to ban Lou Reed? Walk on the wild side next. Oh, wait, 459-455-555. Got that off my chest. Some people, eh? Some people. And when I say some people, I'm not meaning transgender people. Are, oh, dear. And on and on it goes. What's coming up in the last hour of the show, Catherine? We'll, content- we'll continue to talk about uh, the case of Runa Khan, a mother of six from Luton who's been uh, sent to prison for five years and three months for things she posted on Facebook. Uh, she's admitted inciting um, terrorism. We'll be talking about that. We'll also be talking about the mysterious goings-on in Welling Garden City and its surrounding areas. They keep finding bits of deer. The heads, in some cases. Justin is incredibly... And I think I've offended Justin by kind of um, smirking at his offence. Or maybe he, he hadn't noticed and I've just rubbed it in his face. Shh. And what gives you a tingle? Oh, we've got a really nice email on this. I'll read it after this. 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. What's the nice email we got? Tingles, looking around my house when I get back from holiday. 
the silence on Christmas Eve when the kids have gone to bed oh. and I imagine all the happy people excited even if they're asleep. Oh. Filling my car up with more petrol than usual. Oh. Coming out of a shower on a hot day. Hey. And when a little bird lands near me and looks at me. Oh, that's weird. From Daniel. Daniel. Some of those are nice, some of those are a little bit... Ooh. No, I think they're beautiful. Oh, look, you've gone all romantic. Oh, no, you've Daniel's obviously yet. a poet. And he doesn't realise it. Oh. 08459 Now, a Luton woman has been jailed for five years for inciting terrorism on Facebook. Runa Khan admitted posting a picture of a suicide vest along with an article on raising children to become fighters. She also messaged details of a route into the country to someone who turned out to be an undercover policeman. We can speak now to Professor Carsten Maple, who is the Director of Cyber Security Research at the University of Warwick. Good morning, Carsten. Good morning. Twitter has... Uh, sorry, Facebook has come under fire a lot recently for not being particularly helpful in these cases, but um, one of the complaints that uh, Ms Khan had was that Twi- uh, Facebook kept closing down her profile. So maybe they were doing something right in this case. Well, I think it's very difficult for what we expect the social media providers to do. Should they be the police for us? Should they be the intelligence agencies or not? So it is very difficult, and they had closed down, as you said, and she complained about it. Mm. So they would do it, and it's a tough one because, it, oh, well, Facebook should be looking at everyone's private messages. Well, that would be simply impossible because of the sheer numbers of people who use that system. Well, they can look at some data, they do. You know, a lot of their revenue is built upon what kind of things we do as users, and they sell that to advertisers. But. It does become quite difficult when you want to close somebody's account because I might say, I could murder a cup of tea. Mm. Well, of course, I'm not going to murder anybody. So it might need looking at and actually need some sophisticated artificial intelligence to do that sometimes. They do, use, they do use systems, don't they, to spot um, uh, uh, child pornography and things on Facebook and Twitter? They do indeed. And that, that is, that's much easier now. There's some good sophisticated matching algorithms that will match images so so that has been caught and they do actively then contact the police mm. so would there be a what so they, they, they've got a computer system that will recognize a picture being of a certain description what they will do is there, there are some uh, matching algorithms what we used to do is be able to match exact matches of a picture right but now they're much more sophisticated so that if it's slightly modified we can recognise it. So it's not detecting what's in the image, yeah. but it's matching against the database. There was a, a story, wasn't there, a couple of weeks ago, front page, front page, I think, of The Sun, that Facebook was to blame for not spotting the murderers of Lee Rigby. And it kind of brushed aside any um, flaws in our, uh, our own security systems and kind of pointed the finger at Facebook. Do you think that was, was justified or was that unfair? I think that was very unfair, and I think it was to make a point that the government wants more powers to to examine our communications. And even if Facebook had reported that, it's it's the difference between taking some data and turning that into intelligence. You imagine all the background that's going got to go into these people. So Facebook will react, but not proactively send things to the mm. agencies. And it, it, what laws does Facebook work under and, and Twitter? Because they're both based in the States. So do they have to follow British law? Well, this is not a point. No, they don't. In the UK, there is a regulation that says if somebody, if in any authority would like to have access to your data, they need to do what's called the Regulatory of Investigatory Powers Act. And then they give the data over. But that's only UK 
Mm. America doesn't fall under that. So we rely on goodwill or something called a mutual legal assistance treaty, which can be quite cumbersome and expensive. It's interesting, isn't it? And, and, and I, I kind of agree with what you're saying, that, that, that all this, uh, these fingers being pointed at Facebook and Twitter at the moment, it's, it's, it feels like it's getting the public ready, you know, turning the public slightly against these and that they should be giving more information. When really, you know, the, the, the terrorists can use, hey, telephones or letters or emails. There are so many ways they can communicate. It does seem a little unfair to have a go at Twitter and Facebook. It's, it certainly does, and it does infringe on our civil rights. If, if we if, if we say that Facebook, a public company, you know, can actually access and should be accessing our data, that can't be right. We do need some kind of government authority that can do it occasionally to protect society, but has to be accountable to somebody. There has to be some accountability mm. for looking at all our data. Mm. Uh, Carsten, it's fascinating talking to you. Thank you very much indeed. Professor Carsten Maple, Director of Cyber Security Research at the University of Warwick. Sometimes we get some of the best job titles. And boy, oh boy, isn't that one? Isn't that a great title? Can we put this out there? Is the word tranny offensive? I, I, don't, I genuinely don't know. And, but, and I'm, I, do you know what? I'm, I'm starting to realise, I've, I've noticed in the last 18 months, that actually I am becoming a dinosaur in terms of language. I'm becoming, like, my mum still thinks it's OK to say the P word to refer to Pakistanis. Because, and she's not saying it in a racist way, but it was, it was kind of all right to say that in the 50s and the 60s. It was slang then. It, it was slang. Um, and I'm realising that um, some of the language that I used that was acceptable in the 80s and 90s is becoming unacceptable. All right. So is, is tranny... For example, I wouldn't say I'm going to say it. I wouldn't call someone a homo. Short for homosexual, obviously. So is, is tranny an offensive word? Um, it, it, it being short for transvestite. Because in my head it isn't, but I'm prepared to, to accept that I could possibly be light years out of touch L- okay, with let, this. Let, let's ask the question then. Let, we're asking it. Oh, 08459 Because what, we honestly want to know. What, we, what we, I need is... Tr- I don't know how big our transgender audience is. Because uh, what, what we'll do is we'll get loads of blokes phone up and say, ah, there's nothing wrong with the word tranny. And that's fine, and that is a point of view. It's not up to us to say that. It isn't up to us to you say it. not members of that community. Exactly. So um, uh, I don't know if we have a particularly big transgender uh, um, or audience listening. I don't know if they particularly want to call in, but... Um you like you're going to say something. What I would say is, I would imagine those people have gone through so much in their lives that they've heard far worse than that. But does that mean that it's acceptable? I'm sure I've heard transgender people refer to themselves as, as tranny, but then again, you they, hear black people refer to themselves yeah, as the N word, and, like. and um, gay people refer to themselves as queers. You know, it's that, that, that it's ha, uh, have transgenders taken ownership of the word tranny, mm-hmm. reclaimed it? I'm not asking that to be flippant. But the, the gentleman who's complained um, it, it has, has kind of... I'm not worried about the complaint at all. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. I think most of it is, is ill-placed and comes from um, that person having their own issues around things. The Lola by the Kings is not offensive in the slightest. It's one of Rock's it's, greatest songs. It's a story. It's a brilliant, brilliant story. Um, but, but it has got me thinking, is the word tranny... Uh, 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 the same as, 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 as homo and bender, you know, that, those kind of things. OK, so let's turn something that could have put a big pin into the bubble of our show yep. into a learning opportunity. A learning exercise. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M1 northbound, two lanes are closed between Junction 7 Palmer Hempstead, uh, causing queues from the M25 that's after an accident earlier and the recovery works going on there at the moment. It's still looking quite slow on the M1 southbound past there between Junction 7 Palmer Hempstead and 9 for Redbourne with people slowing down to see the accident. On the M1 northbound further afield, a lane to close between Junction 17 for Coventry and 18 for Rugby through the roadworks. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, it's opened again between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potters Bar after a lane was closed earlier with a broken down vehicle. In Milton Keynes, Child's Way is partially blocked because of an accident at Eldergate. And on the trains, there's no reports of any major problems, but on the London Underground, the Metropolitan Line has severe delays from Watford and Chesham and Uxbridge to Harrow on the Hill. That's because of a signal failure. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's 8.16. It is uh, Friday the 12th of December. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A 12-year-old girl has been killed crossing a dual carriageway in Milton Keynes. A woman from Luton is starting a five-year jail term for inciting terrorism on the internet and the water industry regulator has ordered water companies to cut their bills by 5% over the next five years. BBC Three Counties Radio. A little bit like Edward Woodward, the equaliser. You've got your big puffer jacket on. This is not a puffer jacket. It's a, it, it's a, quilt, oh, it's a quilted coat. It's a big puffer jacket. You look like um, someone I, from an 80s gang. I've just realised I'm covered in mud. I Everything mud. I own now yeah. is covered in mud. Why is that? The dog. Oh, dear. Muddy paws. How long do you reckon that dog's going to last? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I can feel the tension, the beef rising. <laughs> I think, um, I think probably 10 to 15 years. Yeah, you'll be lucky. I'll give I, it six months. Uh, the th- thing is, I keep saying to dog owners, I said, uh, how, long, how long does the, the you know, excitable stage last? And people say 10 to 15 years, really. Yeah. They don't oh. calm down. Oh, dear. Yeah. You can get drugs, put in their food. They won't take it orally, so ha- put it in their on, Hang on a minute. So, uh, so uh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're just listening to the words of wisdom of Barbara Woodhouse of Beds, Hearts and Bucks here. Yep. You're suggesting I tranquilise my dog? Not massively, but just so they, they don't move very much. Oh, right. They can lift their head. Right, OK. Do, the, do it to the boys, so, so why not with the dogs? Sed- <laughs> I don't know if Calpol works on dogs. Probably doesn't. Probably. I, I don't think you can give Calpol to dogs. Then, then don't do that. But, no. you know, you'll find an alternative. Oh, OK, fine. Well, I'll, I'll look into that. Happy to help. <laughs> Thanks. What's on your show this morning? Coming up on the big phone in this morning, we're, of course, discussing Runa Khan. It's oh, our yeah. big local story of the day. I'm asking, what should we do with people like Runa Khan who hate this country? A Muslim mother of six from Luton who's been jailed for five years, three months for promoting terrorism on Facebook has told the BBC Britain is the last place she'd want to live. She was caught after sending pictures of a suicide vest and route into Syria to an undercover policeman. And speaking on Newsnight, 35-year-old Runa Khan claimed that the majority of people with her mindset were in prison and did not want to stay in this country. The head of the Police Counterterrorism Unit says Ms Khan used social media to spread extremism, radicalise others and justify children being used for terrorism. And yet in five years or less, she may well be released back into our society. Mm. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views on this. What should we do with people like Runa Khan who clearly hate this country? 08459 455 555 Your view from 9 And if that wasn't enough, Jonathan 
Treasure Quest on BBC Three Counties Radio. You look like you've been off in, in the bushes, Annabelle. You're never too old, Hillary. Straddle that train. What is going on? Everybody from Northamptonshire is helping Tim today. Can you just take the phone? Just just bang it against the wall a bit. I get a lot of abuse when I uh, mention these little points of interest about Annabelle's body. Saturday mornings from nine. Boogie woogie woogie woo. I'm looking for the whipping post on Datchworth Green. <laughs> Over there. <laughs> Treasure Quest. It's quite fun, though. I quite enjoyed that. Every Saturday morning from nine on uh, BBC Three Counties Radio. What's going on? So we've got this this person complaining on Twitter and on Facebook and stuff like that. We've got Andy, who's always has a go on. He, Andy was the gentleman who said I was I was struggling to sound PC when uh, I was holding back from saying what I wanted to say when we spoke to Zafir Khan about Muslims, and I've asked him three or four times what. Was I holding back from saying? And he's just, he won't answer the question. He's just having little snipes. So, Andy, I'm sorry, mate. I, I'm, I'm going to block you. I don't, I, and it, you'll see that as a personal victory as, as people who get blocked go, ah, you can't have the argument. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm asking you a question three times at least, and you won't answer it. And you're just blocking up the timeline, mate. So, you'll be blocked. Uh, it's simple, and, um, and that person who's complaining on on Facebook, good luck with that. Uh, we what a what a show we've had this morning. It, should the niqab be allowed in court? Uh, and is the word tranny offensive? We are sorting out all of the final taboos, aren't we? Uh, Leslie's in Luton. Good morning, Leslie. Uh, good morning, Ian. Good morning, Leslie. Aye. Good morning. Good morning. Hello there. Aye. Aye. Hi, Leslie. Aye. 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 Yeah. Um, okay. The, yeah, the word homo, I don't think it's it's an offensive word. Which word? Homo. Homo. Yeah. Because it's a name of a product, isn't it? Um, what, no, uh, well, what, no, homo was, not homo. What's the difference? The letter H and a sexuality. And also, when was the last time... Oh, we start with H, not O. The, what, what's the... <laughs> what? Homo. What, 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 the washing powder... Yes. How does that start? I think it starts with O. Right. Well, homo starts with H. Is it? It, it is. Because it's, oh. not, it's not homosexual, unless you're a cockney. It's homosexual. So you're right. Homo is not offensive. But you could understand why homo might be. Yeah, but, but can you... Ex- um, will you explain to, the, um, to your listeners the difference... I think I just have. One's a washing powder, one's a gay person. One has an H, one doesn't. Um, don't, but, but don't you think this will be um, confusing to a lot of people? Well, no, because I don't like think you've been able to... It's confusing to me. I don't, well, I think you're, you're a special case. I don't think you've been able to buy Omo since 1964. No, it's, it's sold in South Africa now. <laughs> Well, they're going to be baffled, aren't they? Okay, any South African listeners who are confused by homo and homo, I apologise. One is a sexuality, one is an abbreviation for a sexuality and starts with an H. One is a washing powder that only you can buy. Does that clear it up, Leslie? Yes. Excellent. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Justin Dealey. Great call, boss. Where have you been all my life? Uh, 
Here, there and everywhere. This morning, I'm a depressed man, as you know. I know you are. And listen, I feel bad because when I was laughing earlier on, I wasn't laughing at you. And I know that genuinely, genuinely, you find this story about the deer uh, very, very upsetting. I do. And I've been worrying all morning that, um, you know what these two are like next door? Mm. Chestnuts and Bets. Yeah. They just, you know, they just mess around during the show and they were just pulling faces. So I apologise earlier. I'm not pulling a face. Stop it. This is my face. You're doing it now, Kelly. After the programme, if you make me a double ender coffee we shall say no more about it um gosh okay you serious yeah okay and i'll just uh, forget it well can you not just forget it anyway mate <sighs> thing is you were laughing at the story i wasn't laughing at the story i was laughing at chestnuts and, and uh oh, you're, and you're a good you're a good human being Thank but you. this morning i think you you became a bad human being just for a few minutes wow wow you, you mean that, don't you? I do. Uh, this, this, this is a big, this is a serious story. Four uh, deer have been found dead. Um, it says here, four deer have been found dead, dismembered. Well, yeah, in Welland Garden City in the space of a month. Mm. Uh, the most recent in Stanborough Green have been mutilated and left in pieces. Well, you've been to Welland Garden City on Deer Watch for us. Yeah. How, now, just tell us a little bit about this. What is the, the, the this the deer um, uh, killer has got a nickname. Yes, um, the, the, the person, could be one person killing all four deer. Um, the locals have labelled this person the Deer Slayer of Stanborough. See, why not Deer Stalker? I don't know. I don't know. Dear, oh dear, This oh person dear, doesn't oh dear. deserve a nickname anyway, because I think, you know, personally, it's just my personal opinion yep. that um, this person is is going around killing deer for fun, uh, being butchered. People you... are seeing deer heads yeah. literally in front of them on the local green. You... I mean, if that happened to you, how would that make you feel? Oh, as a person, mm. I'd be outraged. Exactly. It, um, you're, you're linking this person um, with uh, such murderers as uh, Ted Bundy. Yep. That's correct. Because if you talk to, to anybody who's um, an expert in, in crime, um, some of the most notorious serial killers in the world, um, if you look at their background, they've all started by killing animals when they were younger. Ted Bundy, an example, who killed 40 people. When he was growing up, he killed animals for fun. Or it might be a poacher. He's just possibly. wanting a bit of dinner. Quite possibly. Well, um, I've been to Stanborough this morning, um, talking to local people to, to get their reaction um, about the, the, the fact that four deer have been killed locally. Um, some of them, of course, seeing those heads. Um, here's what people had to say. There's obviously some people out there probably poaching it, selling it to the uh, restaurants and, you know, can't be bothered to get rid of it properly, so chuck their heads and the guts and what they don't use anywhere. Well, some people are, are discovering deer heads locally. I mean, yeah, this is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it's got to be upsetting for the kids. I mean, it's one thing if an adult sees it, but, you know, kids go to school. There's a secondary school there. There's a junior school up there. The kids walking down the road don't expect to see a dead deer head staring at it from the verge, you know. So you think these people are killing it to, to, to sell the meat on, not killing the animals for fun, then? No, if they're killing them for fun, they're not going to go to all that, that trouble, are they? No, they're, they're flogging the meat and they're just getting rid of the, the bits that the... Uh, the restaurants or the butchers don't want. Well, it's awful if they're killing deers around here, but we, we don't know anything about it other than the fact they've been found locally, but it's an awful thing if they're going to kill local animals, uh, especially with the Stanborough Park and mm. local schools and kids finding dead animals. It's awful. Deer heads it, on, on a local green. It's just incredible. So I presume that uh, the rumour mill is doing the rounds here. Well, what's being said? It's going, it's going into overdrive. Everything you can, anything you can think. Um, it's been from people killing them and eating them to being killed by traffic. To
to uh, to somebody who's got something against deer killing them off, or even that there's a wild animal around here that's killing the deer. So, wow. oh my God, I think it's bad, really bad. That's just disgusting. Those deer haven't done anything. If these people are found, should they be locked up? Yes, they should for a long time. I think it's shocking. I can't believe that someone would do that. It's a real shame. It's horrible to think you're here with your two children today. Somebody has has come across a a deer head. That could have been you on the way to school with your kids. It's it's that shocking. It's horrifying. My children are very sensitive anyway, and they're very small. And um, I can't imagine how I would have to deal with explaining that to them if they saw it. My boys get terrified by a fake plastic finger, so they will be upset. (laughs) Justin, say hello to Kiri. Hi, Kiri. Hi, Justin. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, and you? Yeah, lovely, lovely. Very well indeed, thank you. Um, I wanted to cheer you up and just make you smile, because I don't like you being miserable. OK. Um, on the on YouTube, there's a um, lady that rings up, I think it's in America, that she doesn't understand about deer crossing, because there's a sign saying deer crossing, and she says that if they move the sign, then maybe the deers would move as well, um, so that they wouldn't get killed by the cars. Right. And they can't actually believe that she's that stupid to believe that the deers actually look at the sign to understand where to cross. <laughs> and that's on YouTube, you say? It is. It's just if you just we my children are in the car with me now, mm-hmm. and we and we just literally because I heard it on Facebook at one time, and we and we listened to it, and it's just called Deer Crossing. And Brilliant. maybe um, maybe if it can be played on the radio, it might make everybody smile. Cause Possibly. Really I need a lift this morning. Reporting about dead deer, um, not really my bag. So what I'll do after nine, I shall watch that on YouTube, and uh, I shall give you my feedback on Monday morning. How does that sound? That sounds good to me, because I think it's unfair in this cold weather that you're standing outside. Oh, no, Kerry, no. Yes. Goodbye, Kerry. Goodbye. <laughs> she was doing so well. Yeah. We've had a suggestion from Scott Just, and I, I can hear this with the, the package, with the spooky music, mm. with the serious voice. Mm. Have a think. Dealey's Serial Killer Profiles. Oh, yes. Each week... Mm. Each week, you do a little package... About a local serial killer. Well, somebody will back me up here. Um, th- there was a guy, I believe, in Bovingdon. He was the guy that used to go around poisoning people. Uh, what was his name? And uh, th- that was, I think he I'm killed... I'm hoping the package will be a little better researched no, than a- that. No, absolutely. But uh, somebody will tell me his name locally. He was in Bovingdon, and um, he worked uh, n- near the airfield there. And as a, ch- as a child, for Christmas, he was given a poison set. Mm. OK? <laughs> And then, this is a genuine story, he was given a poison set to play with. There's no such thing as a poison set. Okay, well, 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 some some sort of set, and then, later in life, he went on to to poison lots of people that he worked with. Justin, would you do us a favour? Yeah. Let's let's pilot this, okay? Yeah. Next week, could we have a Dealey's serial killer profile? Yep. Um, And, because people love listening to this kind of stuff. Yeah, I know. And we'll trial it it next week. Oh, I'm excited. You up for that, Justin? Well up for it, yeah. Nice one, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers, boss. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound, there are queues from Junction 25 to Junction 7 for Helmer Hempstead because of an accident earlier involving a car and a van that is being recovered. And on the M1 southbound, it is easing off with the queues past Junction 7 for Helmer Hempstead earlier run, just uh, easing off a bit now. It's looking still very slow in Mark 8 on the A5 southbound, though approaching Junction 9 for Redbourne. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's very slow between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 15 for the M4, looking at the speed sensors. And in Milton Keynes on Childsway, it's partially blocked at Eldergate 
That's because of an accident between a car and a cyclist. On the A1 southbound, looking at the speed sensors, it is looking very slow between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks. And on the trains, there's no reports of any problems, but on the London Underground, the Metropolitan Line has severe delays from Watford, Chestham and Uxbridge to Harrow on the Hill. That's because of a signal, fa- signal failure at Neasden. Smack the breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. He got given a poison set for Christmas! Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. Police in Milton Keynes are appealing for witnesses after a 12-year-old girl was killed crossing a dual carriageway. The incident happened at around 5.15 yesterday evening on the V8 Marlborough Street near Netherfield. A mother from Luton is starting a five-year jail term for inciting terrorism on the internet. The court heard how Runa Khan wanted her six young children to become jihadi fighters. And the water industry regulator has ordered water companies to cut their bills by 5% over the next five years. This would see average bills fall by around £20, although Anglian water customers will see the greatest percentage drop in yearly bills, down by around 10%. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tottenham and Everton both lost their Europa League matches last night, but both were already through to the knockout stages. Spurs lost 1-0 in Turkey to Besiktas. Everton lost 1-0 at home to Krasnodar. Sir Elton John will be at Watford's match with Wigan tomorrow as the Hornets name their new stand after the former chairman. And speaking of returning legends, there's speculation former Hornets player Nigel Gibbs is to return as a coach. Here's manager Slavisa Jokanovic. I expect uh, in the next week we're going to have some news about about, uh, about this, I tell you, I don't want to speak about uh, about names, and uh, I expect we're gonna choose best for uh, for us. I need some native English voice in my my training for uh, for uh, if something is not clear. Milton Keynes Dons travel to League One promotion rivals Preston. In League Two, Luton go to Morecambe, playing for the inaugural Eric Morecambe Trophy as well as league points. Here's Hatter's boss John Still. He just had a way of being funny, and that, that you know simplicity is genius. Just a funny person, just you come into a room and say something that you might say or I might say. The genius is have, have a way of sort of putting things over and uh, I think that, you know, even my kids, and I'm sure their kids will grow up knowing about Morecambe and Wise because they're always on telly. Also in League Two, Stevenage are away to Newport, Wickham hosts South End. In rugby, Bedford hosts the Cornish Pirates tomorrow with a two o'clock kickoff at Goldington Road in the British and Irish Cup. And in ice hockey, Milton Keynes Lightning hosts Basingstoke tomorrow night with a 7pm face-off. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. <laughs> sailing ship there were 40 boys and girls they would sail their ship around the globe so they called it the united world the ship was just three weeks from shore when a hurricane bore it down the waves were big as mountains they found they would surely drown they jumped into the lifeboats Storm all night and finally fell 
to the lost island. Hiding in the bushes was a watchful pair of eyes. And living in the valley were people lost in time. Ruled over by a tyrant whose face was in a mask. The children must defeat him so they can escape at last from the lost Scott Walker. 08459 555 Well, apropos us playing um, the kink song Lola, and uh, what a journey we've been on since... If you've not been listening since six, wow, our eyes have all been opened. We played the kink song Lola. Kelly Betts didn't know it was about a transsexual, um, or a transvestite, as it would have been in those days. Um, and uh, Ray Davis... I think, it's, I think it's kind of based loosely on a true story. I think it's kind of based on a true story. Hey man, it was the 60s. But Kelly had never really listened to the words before. Didn't so know, what, didn't it know what it was about. So we um, all laughed because Kelly realised that uh, apart from being, you know, a, a romantic love song, it was, there, was, there was hidden meaning within it. Um, and so we got talking about that. Someone took offence at that. Someone took offence, the same person took offence at the song, saying the song is, is offensive. Took offence at our attitude and took great offence at me using the word tranny. Um, now that's the one, th- the one concession I might have that maybe that word is offensive. I don't know. So we've been kind of asking you this morning: Is the word tranny offensive? I don't know. I'm aware there's a 41 year old man. I've kind of crossed that line into where I am. I am. I'm a dinosaur in terms of language. Language evolves so quickly that maybe I'm out of touch. So we've been asking for your calls. Well, we've got uh, Janet Scott uh, on the line. Morning, Janet. Good morning. Now you are. Let me get this right. You're the former president of the Beaumont Society. What's the Beaumont Society? A self-help group for transgendered people, um, in mostly in the United Kingdom, but we we do have international members. Okay. Uh, now I've had a couple of people who are emailing in who are unclear between the difference between transgender and transvestite. Is there a difference? Uh, well, yes, there is, but there are so many labels now; right. it it gets very confusing. A, a transgender person. It's either a biological male or biological female right. who, who wishes to live their lives in the opposite gender role to the one in which they were born. So a biological man may wish to live as a woman. A biological woman, female may wish to live as a man. So that's transgender, transsexual. <clears throat> um, oh, it's so confusing, isn't it? If it's confusing, it's confusing you, Janet, then imagine how confused we are. And a transvestite would, would be a bloke that just likes wearing women's clothes for whatever reason, and uh, vice versa with a, with a woman who likes wearing fellas' clothes. Yes, but okay. the, word, the word tranny yeah. o- over recent years yeah. has become associated with hate crime. Oh, has it really? Yes. So, tranny is an abbreviation. Now, some people don't find being called a tranny... Uh, offensive, but yeah. a lot of people do. And part of that yeah. is because a lot of people use it as an offensive term to play ridicule on somebody that they believe may be transgendered. <clears throat> so if, if you follow what I'm saying, when you get a lorry driver driving down the road and he sees one of our girls out, and it may be obvious that this woman is a man, yeah. he winds down the window and shouts out, Tranny. Right. Now, that woman may be somebody who has to go through real-life tests. They no. have to live and work and 
and star as their chosen gender 24-7. And to have people shouting out tranny at them is hurtful, offensive, and it is part of hate crime. Can I explore this a little bit with you, Janet? Of course. Um, OK. But supposing... And it's not just truck drivers, of course. It's any a, a, any idiot. But supposing they just... They lent out the window and shout, Oi! You're a fella! Or, Oi! Transvestite! Is it, why is it tranny specifically that is the that, that can be perceived or interpreted as being the offensive word? All of those expressions are hate crime. Right. Now, if, if the person is caught... Uh, and it's proved that they were using that term against a trans girl or a trans guy, yeah. they would be charged with hate crime. <clears throat> so tranny comes under the heading of hate crime. Now, you wouldn't shout out words like queer or pufta because that is homophobic crime. But, but is it... OK, is it the intent behind the word, though? Because if, uh, if I rocked up with a couple of transgender friends and said, I've got, brought a couple of trannies with me, th- that it would come from a place of affection, whereas if I were to shout it as a form, form of abuse, then that obviously would be a hate crime. Is it the intent behind the word that, 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 um, that causes offence, or is it the word itself? I think it's the word itself, because right. it, it harks back to uh, the word transvestite being described as a sexual deviant behaviour. Right. <clears throat> okay. If, if you were going out with a couple of friends who were trans anyway, you would not call them trannies. I've brought a couple of tranny friends. See, I think I, I think I, I think I would. No. They'd grab your arm and put it up your back and say, hey, what's your language? Well, no, I don't think they would because I um, have um, referred to some of my gay friends as a couple of... Um, a couple of queers before, and because I know that some of them embrace the word and enjoy the word, yes. and some of them don't embrace the word and don't enjoy the word. Yes, that's very true. And, and, and it could also be said to be true for the word tranny. Exactly, and, and, and I would, I would uh, ensure that I had read the scene, the situation well enough to know whether that word was offensive or not to that person. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, if, if you use the word tranny and, that, and they sort of wince, then you don't use the word. No, and I would apologise. Yeah, but the the main thrust of the argument is the word tranny is seen as a uh, a hate crime word. Yeah. Uh, If you say cross-dresser or CD, it's it's just not, you know. We're going to use, by the way, we're going to use, I'm assuming, I'm hoping all the kids are in school, because we're going to use indoor language now. I once interviewed Peter Tatchell. Oh, um, yeah. uh, and I was presenting a television show that had been that had been accusations of it being homophobic. It wasn't, but there, there were there were accusations of it being homophobic. And perhaps looking back, some of the language was slightly inappropriate. But it's the late nineties, uh, and I said to Peter Tatchell, "Peter, would you be offended if I were to call you a bender?" And he said, "No, I wouldn't. It's it's the intent behind it, it's, and it's all it always comes down to the intent, doesn't it?" And he said, "If you were say if you were saying that to me in a conversation." Um, and I knew that that wasn't coming from a hateful place, then, I, you know, I, it would be fine. Yes, but you have to remember, a lot of people from the transgender community are very sensitive to some of these words being used about them, towards them, or in their, <clears throat> in their hearing. Is that their problem? Do they need to kind no, of toughen I, up I a bit? I, I don't think so. I, I think the problem has come because it's, it's used as such a hate crime word. And so anybody saying it, 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 it rings alarm bells. 
Because I, I don't think... I mean, I, listen, I'm not a, a transsexual or a transgender or a transvestite, but I... Um, I've never... I don't think I've heard it used as a... I've just heard it used as an abbreviation. Yeah, I know, I know some of the yeah. girls... I know some of the girls in the community use the word tranny. Um, and, and it's not done in a hateful way. Yeah. But for a lot of girls who remember, I have to live 24-7 as girls. Yeah. And, and they may not have uh, the complete wherewithal to pass off as natural girls then tranny is a word that is used as a, as a hate word. And so a lot, of, a lot of people now in the transgender community are trying to stop the word tranny mm. being used altogether. Is that more because they don't want it flagged up that they are different and that they are, um, as you said, you know, not, not, they don't have the wherewithal quite yet to pass as a, as a biological woman? Is it that? It's, they don't like being called out in public? That's what you're saying, isn't it? Well, if, if, if somebody shouts, Oi, that's a geezer, yeah. and everybody turns around, yeah. including the person that they're shouting at, because who, who else knows? So that everybody turns around and sees who the geezer is that they took about, or a boy girl, that's a girl, girl boy or something. But when they say the word tranny, it immediately gets people's backs up and so it's become an offensive word so you know err on the side of caution and so in public don't use the word tranny Danny I appreciate your input on this this morning I'm still slightly scratching my head but I think you've cleared a lot lot up but we also have to remember that's one person speaking and and, um, although former president of the Beaumont Society um, I, I, I need to collate more evidence and need to speak to more different people. But Janet, I really appreciate your input this morning. And uh, so it's good. so okay. If I did offend anybody with the use of the word tranny, humble apologies. I think a little bit more research needs to be conducted, though, as to exactly. Well, I was going to say exactly how many people do find it offensive. You're never going to get the answer to that, are you? But it's interesting that some... You'd have to be a div, though, wouldn't you, to call someone out in the street like that? Oh, yeah, people do. If I ever see someone in that position, I always think, my goodness. Here's the question I didn't ask... How brave! Here's the question I didn't ask Janet that I should have asked. If if she is offended by the use of the word tranny, or is she doing what lots of people do, speaking on behalf of others who might be offended? Well... It's a real middle, white middle class thing, isn't it? Oh, don't use those words because, uh, because the people will be offended. Well, are you offended? No. Well, then... Protecting other people. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound, it's queuing between Junction... So, to the M25 and Junction 7 for Helmer Hempstead. That's after an accident that happened earlier between a car and a van. On the A1M southbound, looking at the speed sensors, it's still very busy there between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. In Chestnut on the A10 southbound, it's very busy between the Cambridge, Great Cambridge Road and the M25 Junction 25 for Enfield. In Watford on Beach and Grove, that's very busy there around Escort Road and having a look at the speed sensors in Aylesbury on the A41 Friaridge Road that's very slow around the Oxford Road roundabout and the Walton Street roundabout as well in Milton Keynes on Child's Way there was an accident near Eldergate but that has now been cleared and things are moving through there and there's no reports of any problems on the trains and those problems on the Metropolitan Line are now minor delays between Chesham Uxbridge and Watford into Harrow on the Hill. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Samantha, what have you learnt from this week? Uh, this week? Yeah. Does some people don't like to wear jumpers on Christmas jumper day. Uh, 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 um, that's thrown me. No, <laughs> you've learned an important lesson on this show this week, haven't you, Samantha? Um, 
Come on, think. That, uh... Come on. Well, I'm thinking about pronunciation, but... Well, it's pronunciation, but yeah, go on. You're, you're, in, the, you're in the right the ballpark. Oh, no. This... No. <laughs> the don't castles, start this one again. Some people think castles have an R in. Yeah, say it. Some wrong people. No. <laughs> Catherine, keep out of this, please. The I'm castle trying to... can be said castle or castle. No. <laughs> no. In the South, people say castle. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Catherine, you keep out of this because your, yep. your life, your career is over, right? What? Sammy is a bright young talent who has got the world ahead of her if she just learns some no, basic no, no. things that you've not picked up. Regional accents are in. Right. Sammy, ignore her. Ignore her. Thank you very much indeed. Catherine, g- please. Castle. No. Oh. 8.47. It's Friday the 12th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A 12-year-old girl has been killed crossing a dual carriageway in Milton Keynes. A woman from Luton is starting a five-year jail term for inciting terrorism on the internet. And the water industry regulator has ordered water companies to cut their bills by 5% over the next five years. Coming up, more of your calls. Let's get the weather. Here's Alina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello again, Ian. We've had a miserable morning. Lots of heavy rains and very strong winds, but all of this starting to ease away now. Just looking at the radar, one or two showers developing over the next few hours, but aside from that, a drier picture now through the rest of the day, some spells of hazy sunshine and those strong and gusty winds slowly easing down. A high today of 9 or 10 Celsius. It becomes very cold overnight. Any high cloud that we have through the day will melt away to leave clear skies, so a widespread frost developing. Temperatures down to minus 2, a crisp, frosty start to Saturday and a lovely winter's day tomorrow. Plenty of sunshine, barely a cloud in the sky. Yes, it's going to be on the cold side, but then it is December. A high of 5 Celsius tomorrow, that's 41 degrees Fahrenheit. And then on Sunday, a cloudier picture, the winds strengthening, some outbreaks of light and patchy rain during the afternoon and still fairly cloudy with some occasional rain on Monday. BBC Three Counties weather, I'm Alina Jenkins. Every weekday from three. Is the best thing just to run away to a hotel somewhere? A little bit of fun. I've got a feeling that this argument unfolds in every house. The latest news. New regulations allowing parents to share the care of their child in the first year after birth come into force today. Personal Genome Service claims to offer access to more than 100 pieces of genetic information about your health. A little bit of everything. Because if you haven't got baby Jesus in nativity, then it's not a nativity, is it? Let me bring you up to speed with some local news. Good afternoon. Welcome to the programme. What's your comment? We'll talk films and science fiction. Fascination with science fiction films. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. What is, um, what it says on my screen, the way this works, okay, I have one, two, three, four screens. One has, um, is covered with things like this. Nice. My favourite number is two. What's yours? I like the mushy peas. So boobs is not news. That's one screen. Yes. Another screen has, uh, I play the songs and um, other bits and pieces and, and the travel beds and things. The third screen uh, is my computer, my window on the world. I use it to buy things on Amazon and eBay when I'm talking to a boring guest. My fourth screen, Kelly uh, types on there occasionally, Catherine, it tells me what's coming up next. We, we, for example, it says Fader 1, Eric and St Albans on the word tranny. So we'll be speaking to Eric and St Albans about the word tranny. But before that, it says Fader 2, Dealey with Poison Set F. I thought we'd finish with Daly this morning. Why is he back? He's not finished. 
well, I've not finished. Hang on, Justin. But I had finished with him. I finished the no, 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 this conversation's not over. Sorry? Earlier on. You can't just barge in on my show. Well, I'm part of the programme. Well, a very, very small part Come of the programme. Yes, you're, yes you, there is a point in the future when yeah. you will become uh, a bigger part of the show. That's oh, right, when we get right. to hear Dealey's serial killer profiles. Yes, very true. Yes. Um, but un- until then, Justin, no. Well, I've come back with some evidence and some facts. It'll take me less than 60 seconds. Uh, is it Catherine? You're the producer of the show. I, I, I laughingly pretend that you're in charge. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. Earlier on, we got talking about deer in Welling Garden City. Four have been killed. I and still think the deer hunter or the deer stalker yes, is yes. a better name. Okay, so... Or deer, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. It could be a poacher. It could be somebody doing this for fun. The deer dismemberer. Dear Lord. The no. dear Lord. Don't. Just don't. You know how I feel about this story. It could yep. be an individual killing deer locally for fun. Or and probably I, that it's a poacher selling them meat off. It's, un- we, it's very we, unlikely. We don't, we don't know. It's, well, it's very unlikely mm. it's a trainee psychopath. But uh, there is clearly a link between people who kill animals and those that go on to be serial killers. Butchers. Now, yeah. Butchers. Hmm. Yeah, butchers. Okay. Farmers. Can I tell you my facts now? Well, I mean, yeah, but your facts are so hazy. You're dealing in uh, faction this morning. <sighs> Neither fact nor fiction. You two were laughing at me early when I Fans. said that a serial killer who lived in Hertfordshire in Bovingdon was purchased a poison kit and he then went on to become a serial killer known as the teacup poisoner. I don't know what a poison kit is. Is. Okay, this man is Graham Young. He had a, a fascination with chemicals, so his dad bought him a chemistry oh! set. Okay, okay, hang on, oh! hang on. Oh, yeah! As okay. a reward for being a good boy. Yes. And that's how he learnt to make deadly poisons. Right, so he didn't get a poison kit? It was a chemistry Thank set you. where he learned to make poisons. Thank At 14, you. he'd already killed his stepmother. He then went into Broadmoor, was yeah. released, okay. went no, to Bovingdon, well, killed s- another two people, and poisoned another 70. Justin. What more evidence do you need? Save it for the package, just. Okay. But also, you said, the thing we were laughing at was you said he ha- he got given a poison kit. How do you make poisons, boss? Not with a poison kit because they don't no. exist, mate. So you, you, don't, you don't make, you don't make poison with chemicals? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no. Yes. I, I kept suggesting chemistry set and you said no, a poison set. Well, like it was in a big black box with a skull on it. He got a chemistry set yeah, where he, he learnt to make deadly yeah. poisons, which killed his stepmother. Yeah. He killed her by he the time he was 14 to, years old. He could have gone on to cure cancer. He could have, yeah. To be fair, he was a genius. He knew exactly no, what he was doing. I mean, Other I people... encouraging your kid with a chemistry set, is what I'm saying. But yeah. I had a chemistry set. I didn't get a poison set. Did you make stink bombs? Uh, I tried to, yeah, but it didn't really work. No. So this he man... Obviously made other things, which went on to, uh, unfortunately, we, kill others. We don't... We know, Justin, but the point that we were laughing at was you yeah. said... And I'm just saying this, because when we do get Justin Dealey's serial killer profiles next week, I want yeah. you to get, I don't want us to get sued, and I don't want us to have um, anal people phoning mm, us up, mm. complaining you've not got the facts right, OK? He didn't get given a poison set. Do you know why? Because they don't exist, mate. Okay. He got given a chemistry set. He got set, given a chemistry set, exist. which then meant yeah. he, he could learn poisons. how to make poisons yeah. and kill people. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't a poison set. Okay. Okay? His name was Graham Young. People okay. locally might know him. Okay. When, when can we look forward to the first Justin Dealey serial killer profile? Seasonal. Uh, Monday? Oh, mate, you'll spoil, you'll spoil us. Yeah, let's do it. Speak to Have you a great weekend. What's on your show on Saturday? Uh, tomorrow, we are playing the UK charts from this weekend in 1966, and Elton John's returning to Watford tomorrow, so we are doing Elton John Saturday tomorrow from midday. Justin, thank you very much indeed.
I'm so relieved to know that you can't buy poison kits. Although in the 50s, you could buy um, radioactive kits. This is, uh, this is true. You could buy kits that had a tiny bit of radioactivity in. Weren't the olden days funny, eh? I, I know, they, this was and sold... And dangerous. This was, a, this was sold as a toy. Have you heard about this, Eric? Yeah. OK, cool. What have you got for us? Um, you were talking about transvestites and trannies. Yes. Um, possibly in your younger days, especially in mine, a tranny used to be a transistor radio. Yes, yes, it did, and that was uh, the, the, the thing. I'm, uh, there, there, there's a joke in there somewhere, which I'm struggling to remember about, you know, um, yes. Yeah, and we were always trying... Turning on a tranny. Our, we'd take our tranny out with us. Yeah. I mean, these, these, these words have all been hijacked. I mean, it's the same with gay and queer. Uh, queer used to be when you were ill. You were sick. You know, generally... Yeah, but, but language evolves, doesn't it? Correct, yeah. So we can't, we, if, if, if language evolves, that's what's so beautiful about this wonderful language. We can't get upset by it, can we? No, no, we can't get upset by it. But the trouble is, some people then make it um, an offensive word rather than the, what it is. Well, if you, were to, if, you were to, if you were to... Uh, listen, if you were to, in its genuine sense, without trying to be clever, say, oh, I feel a bit... I sometimes say I feel a bit queer today. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's, and that's fine, because I'm not doing it as an innuendo or... If, or if, I mean, people don't really say I feel a bit gay today, but... but you know, some people do, it's fine. Well, this is it. I mean, gay used to be happy and and boisterous and all these sorts of things, uh, you know. Well, they still are. Well, they still are, yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, obviously all these words are being hijacked and making... No, 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 no. They're not being hijacked. They're evolving. Well, they are, but they're still being hijacked by people because of the original words no, uh, are being now made an offensive word. No, but, no, but if you use gay in its original sense, that's not, that's not offensive. If you no. use queer... Oh, there's something queer going on here. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fine. It's not been hijacked, Eric. It's, you, no. You've been told it's been hijacked, but it hasn't. It's evolution. Yeah. The other, the other thing, qu- as quickly... Keep, Eric, c- keep flying your rainbow flag, Eric. <laughs> I'll try. Good lad. Um, Eric Morecambe. Yeah. I met him once in St Albans. Did you really? Well, yeah. how, well, how did that happen? Um, I was working in St Peter's Street uh, on, on a telephone box. Uh, one of the green boxes where all the cables were, oh, and yeah. I was working there. And all of a sudden, this head suddenly appeared beside my shoulder, and he said, I hope you know what you're doing there. Fan- and it was Eric Morecambe. Fantastic. Now, he was able to walk round St Albans, Harpingdon, as an ordinary person. Yes, he was a celebrity, yes. but he did not take his celebrity status as, uh, as God's gift. Eric, I, I have to end there because we're coming to the end of the show, but I wish I could learn that trick. We spoke, if you missed it, we spoke to Eric Morecambe's son, Gary, about an hour ago. What a lovely gentleman. Yes. What a lovely, lovely gentleman. Is he in the podcast, Kelly? That'd be in the podcast, Excellent. Yeah. And the bo- book I was talking about was called It's Not Hollywood, It's Cricklewood. So when he said it was the book with all the memorabilia in it, and you said yes, you were no, lying. I have bought that one as well. I bought it for my old colleague, Ronnie Barber, who hey, I adore. Hey, there we go. Well, we've had a, a good sh- good show today. Yeah. i tell you what we're going to do. Uh, uh, Kelly has just um, uh, tweeted, and we'll put it on Facebook, uh, a little clip from yesterday's show, where it always, one of my favourite favourite things I've ever done on the radio, it's three minutes, three and a half minutes, of pure psychedelia in the truest 1967 sense of the word. It was on BBC Local Radio yesterday, uh, so we're going to tweet that, and then in a few hours, the podcast will be available. We've got to record the links, have we? Yeah. Is it going to take long? No. How long do you reckon? Five minutes. Can we whittle it down to three and a half? Sure. Perfect. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M1 northbound, there are queues from the M25 to Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead after an accident that happened earlier. On the A1M southbound, it's very heavy between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. And also in Stevenage on the A602 westbound, it's looking very busy there too on the speed sensors between the A1M, Junction 8 for Hitchin and Paynes Park. It's easing off on the A1 southbound around the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks. And in Aylesbury on Fry Ridge Road, it's very busy between the Oxford Road roundabout and the Walton Street roundabout though. Looking at the trains as no reports of any problems there at the moment, Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. That's it. That's your lot, guys. I'm just going to retweet uh, the psychedelic bit from yesterday's show now. If you want to follow me, at Ian Lee, you're more than welcome to. Uh, don't forget the podcast will be up ah, in a couple of hours, probably. I wouldn't be surprised. You can get it on the BBC Three Counties uh, website page, or you can also get it, um, it'll be on iTunes tonight or tomorrow morning. Thank you, everyone who took part in the show today. Justin, excellent stuff. Kelly, thank you. Oh, a little, uh, little flicker of power there, guys. Thank you, Catherine. JBS is up next until Monday from 6 from us. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday. It's nine o'clock. And on the big phone-in today... What should we do with people like Runa Khan, who seem to hate this country? A Muslim mother of 